Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Friday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. Boys are here. I am Fred Slow. I'll be alongside you until 7 this evening, where we will then hand the program over to Mike Trujillo and true to the game. Is that right? Is his vacation over, Vitale? Is he back? It better be. Oh, oh man. All right. It's on <laughs> no. the schedule. No, it's it's official. football Friday. Yeah, with Mike. I, I never knew what salt sounded like. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> A guy who doesn't know... The definition and can't explain to you the understanding of work-life balance, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? Overworked, yeah. underpaid, underprivileged. They love us. They love us. Why? Are you just because doing we feed the village? Uh, I just uh, run the jewels lyric. I was popping in my head. <laughs> he's he's doing karaoke right now. The ones and twos, Michael Vitale. How's KKOB doing? You brainwashed yet? Uh, there was a lot of calls today. Yeah? Yes, what there was. was. What was Before the hot, loopy on a Friday. Yeah, what was the hot button today over there on KKOB? Oh, Smollett, uh, oh, vaccinations, yeah. all the above. Did Smollett get a vaccination and people didn't know how to respond to that? Probably dumber than that. What if he said he hates vaccinations and then their heads exploded like that scene in Scanners? Uh, I would don't want that in my mind right okay. now, yes. <laughs> You know, there's there's enough hate crimes. You don't need to add extra ones. Yeah. Speaking of someone who would be familiar <laughs> with that, welcome to the program, Robert Gibson. How are you? I am great. I just want to say thank you, fellas. I didn't know you guys used that intro every day. Erda. I was like, I'm not even there. And they're shouting your boy out. I appreciate that. Well, you deserve it. Yeah, That's got, awesome. Got a lot of love for you. Hopefully you can venture with us one time over to KKOB and do Jesse Smollett hour. Oh, that's that's not enough time. <laughs> it is Smollett. Is it Smollett? No. It's well, Chris if he Rock, said it. Chris Rock said it was French Smollett. I if think. he said it, it's Smollett. <laughs> but okay. in real life, it's hey, Smollett. <laughs> Joe Joe Dierte. Yeah. I think that's correct. Don't try to church it up. The name's Dirt. Got a couple of a couple sad ones today, boys. Uh, former wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, Demarius Thomas, passed away uh, late last night at the age of 33, found in his home. Presumably it looks to be a stroke. And that one was a shocker. That is a absolute yeah, man. shocker. Uh, hitting a lot closer to home in this one, um, we're going to bring in an individual who's going to be able to pay it the respect that it is deserved. Big Al Unser Sr. passed away. Uh, this well, yesterday at 82 years of age, uh, he was battling a 17-year um, fight with cancer, and and he succumbed to that. So we'll bring in um, our friend Bob Brown. So friend in real life, now friend of the show, Bob Brown, formerly of the locker room, which was heard on the competitor here in town, ESPN. He was the afternoon drive guy forever. Uh, he now uh, volunteers at the Unzer Racing Museum, so he will come in and we will uh, we will celebrate the life that is Al Unzer and and. And Bob will do that appropriately because um, I I didn't live here long enough and we would not be able to give it what it deserves. So we're excited to do that with he and we're going to do that at 415. Five o'clock today, Desmond Carpenter will join us. I like him a lot. And you're saying who? 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 Desmond Carpenter 
uh, plays guard for the New Mexico Highlands University Cowboys. Robert, you are familiar with him because you watched him drop 31 in the pit. I've, I actually know Dez from before his basketball days. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up to him. But, yes, he's the man. He's the man. There you go. So, Robert Gibson's Eskimo brother, Desmond Carpenter, joining us at 5 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun with that interview. John Lopez will be live in studio with us at 5.30. He is obviously the namesake of John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy, and they are the title of our sponsor. I, earlier today, fellas, got out to Wilson Middle School. Are you familiar? I am now. Okay. Okay. So, it's almost Gibson in, in like, Candelaria, kind of. Right. Okay. Is that right? Did I say that right? No, those, no, that's that's very hold up. Where is it's it? It's like San Mateo and Gibson. There you go. So it's yeah. San Mateo and Gibson. Okay, now I know where that is. And uh, the Duke City Gladiators were out there doing an event. They uh, they found a bunch of coats, so they took donation drives, and they had a bunch of sponsors come out, um, and it was very cool. And they they brought in a literally a cement truck full of coats. What did I just say? Okay. Wow. Yes. Unpackage that a little bit. It was a giant cement mixing truck, a pink one. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Okay, you do that. Yeah. And it said Duke City Gladiators on the side. Hmm. And then they said, here are the coats for the kids at Wilson Middle School. So I was able to catch up with, like, Fred Griggs, who we know is the general manager now, formerly formerly the defensive coordinator, and some representatives from the school and HCC Supply, who was a big part of this project. So anyways, we will air that at some point today, and you'll be able to kind of see what the Duke City Gladiators are doing. Season's over. Community work, not over. That's what I did today for work. Van, what did you do last night? So – those are going to have to be some strong kids <laughs> to wear those coats soaked in concrete. <laughs> it's like a it's like a Pinterest gone bad. Okay, it's like a like a five minute craft gone bad. And in my head, I, I'm just seeing dozens of kids walking around in gray puffy jackets. Robert, you did that, right? You were a street unable. performer who did the do, who did the statue thing, right? That was part of your never when you were coming up, <laughs> never. Only thing I can think of is the Kanye Lil Pump video. That's exactly. Yes. But filled with concrete. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to need both of you to know your audience here. <laughs> zero people get that reference, myself included. Man, you went last night with a friend of the show, friend in real life, Alex Bregman, to the Lobo game. How was that? Yeah, me and my good friend Alex Bregman, we watched some basketball together. Yeah. And then when I say watch basketball together, it means I – uh. Walked up to him creepily after the game and introduced myself to him. And ah. He's interested in coming on the show soon. He oh, wants to be. Oh, wow. Old Breggy. Did Breggy wants boy to be. Out? A, a little bit. Boy? I, I know you, you had li- to. A little bit. Yeah. I was going to say that, too. Because like, <laughs> usually, like, when I see a, a rock star, movie star, an athlete, I just treat him like another person, right? Yeah. But these, on, he plays on my Astros. Right. He's, he's Alex Bregman on the Astros. So I had that little element of fanboy. You weren't a professional for a moment. No, I was. I was. I kept right. it together. There we go. So Robert, he said. He I said, was cool, calm, and composed. Van said, hey, Alex, would you like to come on the show? I think it would be a real banger. And Alex had to wait for a second if that was a dig or not. He couldn't tell <laughs> if that was a trash can joke. Nope. No trash can jokes whatsoever. Just told him how proud Albuquerque is of him, and we've been following his career. And I was born and raised right outside of Houston, Texas. And I'm actually a fan, not just an objective member of the press. 
So you yeah, like, he fanboy. Yeah, right? that's that's straight fanboy right there. It's di- like diet, like diet fanboy. Yeah. Oh like, my god, like, Alex Bregman! I'm your biggest <laughs> yeah. fan. I grew up outside Houston, Texas. Let me catch my breath. I can't. I don't need it. Will you breathe for me? That's it exactly like that? what I think like the that? delivery was. He tried to he tried to professional it up for us. Yeah. Nah, that's cool. It's the other side of the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take him a little? You take him a drink. You get him a beer. Well, it was, it was after they quit serving. They take him a. Well, he had, he I had know his, how you are. You take him a shooter. He had his entourage with him. So what? I, I was. I was just gonna go say hi to him during the game, but he had like, like a group of twenty people around him, and of course he was in the middle. Yeah. So I was. You gonna had to like, go through the layers. I wasn't gonna like work my way through the crowd. Yeah. And go talk to him. There was a but labyrinth of people. After, after the game, I went up and talked. Let me. So let me. You buried the lead here. Okay. What entourage is Alex Bregman rolling with? Like, describe these people. They look like a. A well showered fraternity. That ha- okay. I mean, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like a well groomed fraternity boys. Yeah, for sure. And they were all wearing uh, long sleeve, like light toned shirts underneath dark vest. A lot of brand new flat bill backward hats. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I wasn't thinking. Lovely people. Is Alex Bregman thirty? I don't know. Good lord, man! Oh, you're a super easy. fan. I don't know. There's a certain age when you grow out of flat billed hats. I think uh, Bregman was the only one that was rounded. He's the only one that had a bent bill. Robert, when's the last time you wore a flat bill? Yesterday. <laughs> I wear flat bills every day. Damn. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and it's not a fashion statement. No. It's physics. He's 27. Yeah. All right. If you keep your bill flat, it's going to block more sun out of your eyes. you got a larger shade over your face. Well. It's practical. Well, I would say yes, but I wear mine to the back as well. So it's flat and it's to the back. You're trying to keep the sun off. And you and got a sensitive neck. Fred's looking at me like, you are way too old to be doing yeah. this. See? <laughs> You're 43. Yeah. 43. My bill on my hat is a crescent moon. Yeah. Like, it is. The bill on your hat rubs up against your eyebrows. It's so curved. No, it goes below oh, my, my eyebrows to, to whatever, my crow's feet. Oh, so you were like a visor. Kind I'm, of I'm like- no Brandon Ortega. <laughs> How was the game last night? Lobo game good? Oh, man. Lobo's put on a show. Yeah? Yeah. Starters didn't even play in the second half. Did they got in front 29-0 and then let the other team come back? None of that happened. Oh, that was Thursday mm, night. No. Football watch there. Wrong game. Yeah. We can, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we do our Lobo segment, but they came out very cold and still dominated. Everyone get to play? Because I feel like against Denver, everyone should get to play. Well, not only did everyone get to play, my favorite player – Sebastian, the Swedish street ball forcing, he got some serious minutes. Oh, a couple okay. dunks, a there block, a couple boards. So it's obvious that Richard Patino listens to our show because just yesterday we were talking about how you did say the that. Swedish street ball needs some more time. He said that. And Why do you? He, he keep, listened. Does he know you call him the Swedish street ball? It'll he's catch on. From he's he's from Finland. <laughs> he's from Sweden. <laughs> he's from Sweden. You liar. From. Finland. Don't ruin oh, my nickname. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't those two countries bang on each other, right? Like, he might take super offense to that. <laughs> Swedish street ball is a very good name. I like it. It's going to catch, especially when he gets more minutes like he did last night. All right, I'm looking him up right now. All right, first, all right, so here's some bad news for you, okay? So he didn't change his Twitter handle to, to Swedish street ball. Yet. Okay. That's going to yeah. come with more playing time, I believe. Watch. It's going to catch on. 
All right, so he's from Severji Goatberg. That's what I said. <laughs> Sound like Sweden to me. It's a city in Sweden. It's Sweden. Florida. Oh, he is Swedish. Florida, Sweden. Why would I give him that nickname if he wasn't Swedish? Look, well, Van, Van is we all are under the assumption that I am an idiot, no, but I am not thorough. that big of an no, idiot. You're, you're very we, thorough. We know that you're a real fan of his now. <laughs> we, we know yes. that you know the top five largest Nordic countries based on landmass alone. Yeah, but No, you know that Bregman lives in Albuquerque and Forrest's <laughs> Swedish. Oh, man. Let's grab a break so we make sure we get enough time for Bob Brown as we are going to uh, – really, we're going to celebrate the, the legacy that is Al Unzer. It's a sad day, but it's – it's going to be fun to kind of celebrate the history of open wheel racing and kind of everything that Al and the Unser family has done for professional racing, obviously not just here in Albuquerque, but uh, the entirety of the world. Grabbing that break, um, we'll connect with Bob, and we'll be back after this. Dave Busters presents Two Men on Bob Brown. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. A little melancholy Friday. A uh, significant loss to the Albuquerque and open-wheel racing family. Big Al Unzer Sr. passed away today, 82 years of age. The friend of the show knows that I am not a long enough, as far as longevity goes, Albuquerque, and to give justice to Al Unzer Sr. or the uh, Unzer family. So we're bringing in friend of the show, Bob Brown. Bob Brown historically hosted the locker room here on ESPN radio in town. And now as a volunteer at the Unser racing museum, Bob joining us on the Quans auto care hotline, Bob, how are you? I'm good. Are you trying to say I'm old? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, when your guy puts in 35 years in the entertainment <laughs> industry, that's like dog years. So yeah, you... but I started when I was 10, so <laughs> it works out. Bob Brown with us uh, to really celebrate Al Unser and before I or Van or Robert ask you any direct questions. If you would, maybe just paint a picture for the friend of the show about the type of individual he was and, and kind of the impact he had, not just on our community, but the, the racing world. Oh, where to start? I mean, he, he's a, he was a great guy. He really was. And I'm just saying, oh, he was a great guy, you know, great guy. But this was, a, this was a, a gentleman, a person who, if you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't know that he is a four-time winner of the Indy 500, you know, worth millions of dollars. I mean, he's just a down-to-earth, humble guy. And he would carry on a conversation with anybody that wanted to talk with him. And if you wanted to talk racing, I mean, the guy was a living encyclopedia. You can you could talk about a race, some obscure race, 50 years ago, and he could tell you detail about every lap and how the pit stop went. I mean, just you know that photographic memory of of all the races he had been in. But uh, it was a long, tough day for us down at the museum today. I, I got the news early this morning that he passed last night, and uh, you know I was really heartbroken because I've known Al for. You know, over 20 years, and uh, I met him when the uh, museum. When I really got to know him was when the museum opened in 2005. That's when the Unser Racing Museum opened, and at the time I was working at Channel Seven, and they they said uh, we want you to go down to the museum because they were going to help be sponsors of the of the new museum, and they said we want you to go down there. And I'm a race fan, so go down there and do stories on on the museum and talk to Al basically for the next eight to 10 months and do a story every few weeks leading up to the opening of the museum. So I literally got to go down there and watch the museum being built 
hanging out with Big Al, talking about racing, watching them uh, refabricate parts to the different race cars that were going to be in the museum. And then I got to be part of the parade when the museum opened. They had a parade from his and Bobby's house. They lived across the street from one another on on West Central Route 66. And the parade went from their house to the museum. And so I got to be a part of that. And then they asked me to emcee the opening of the museum. So when I retired three years ago, they were looking for docents to give tours down there. So I thought that's something I'd love to do. And I'd love to give back to the answers because they were always so nice to me. I mean, they were just down to earth and really, really nice to me. So he was a true, a true sportsman. When I think of New Mexico, you know, Brian Urlacher, or Michael Cooper, Holly Holm, Johnny Tapia, Nancy Lopez, Billy Casper. You know, I, I put I put Al Unser in that group. This is a four-time winner of the Indy 500 and a guy that brought attention and notoriety in a positive way to New Mexico and Albuquerque. Bob, he just wasn't a good driver. He was revolutionary in the the engineering of the Indy cars as well with the way the wheels sit, uh, pit stops, et cetera, et cetera. Can you tell us a little bit about his legacy within Indy? Yeah, well, with, with Indy, it started really for uh, for Big Al at Pikes Peak. It's the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, and they called it Unser's Mountain because his uncles, the original three brothers that lived in Colorado Springs, and then his older three brothers, uh, the twins, uh, Jerry Jr., Louie, and then Bobby, he was the youngest of the four boys, so he followed in their footsteps. I can tell you a story. He built his race car from the ground up in 1959. He's 20 years old. He wants to follow in the footsteps of his uncle and his father and his brothers, and he builds this race car. He goes up to Pikes Peak. He's all ready for his first hill climb. He gets there, and they tell him, we're sorry, Al. You're not old enough to race here. You're only 20 years old. Even though he had a fake ID and he'd used that to race in other places because his family and his brothers had grown up in Colorado Springs near Pikes Peak there, they knew exactly how old he was. And they told him, Al, unfortunately, we're not going to allow you to race because this is a sanctioned event and you're just not old enough. So he went back the next year, crashed the car halfway up the mountain, this is a car that he built by his by himself, basically from the ground up in his shop behind his house. He went back the next year in 1961, crashes the car again going up Pikes Peak, and it's that point that he starts to think about this whole financing my own cars and building them myself. This is not going to work out too well for me. So that's when he started about uh, started to think about becoming a full time race car driver and not a a builder or fabricator or financier. So that was it. And, you know, Bobby was the, the big innovator, I think, between the two. And people think, you know, what what was the difference between Bobby and Big Al? I'll Th- tell you. Uh, three Indy 500s. Bobby, <laughs> Indy 500-wise. Three Bobby of them. Was the, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Bob. Uh, Bobby was the hard charger. He wanted to win every race, you know, on the first lap. Example, the first time Bobby went to Indy was 1963. He's in the Novi Special. It's a very powerful race car, fan favorite. Andy Granatelli's the owner of the car. First lap, Bobby passes 11 cars, then proceeds to back uh, back the car into the wall and spins out his days over. He goes back the next year. First lap, guy spins out in front of him, and Bobby hits him. His day's over. Two years later, Big Al gets to race at Indy for the first time. And Big Al was the 
unlike Bobby, who was that hard charge who wanted to win on every lap, uh, first lap, Big Al wanted to take care of his equipment, get to the finish line, and see what, what would happen. And so they were two different types of drivers. And then you look at Al Unser Jr., two-time winner of the Indy 500. He was kind of a combination of both. He was a hard charger when he needed to, but he also understood that he needed to get to the finish line and protect his car and his equipment. So um, they they were uh, they were different in a way when it came to racing. But I got to tell you, they were very similar in their drive and dedication and wanting to win. The Unsers, we know them. You know, if you're a race car fan, you know race car fan. You you know the Unsers from Indy and all of that. If you just live in Albuquerque, you know the name Unser because of the, this long street that was named after the family. But um, what these guys were able to do, it was just incredible. And, you know, you go to that museum and you see the attention that they brought to Albuquerque and New Mexico from their racing uh, exploits. And um, it wasn't about the money or the trophies, the notoriety, all that. It was about building something and the dedication it took to do that, that their father gave to them. And it was about going out and winning races and beating people, competitive, you know, being competitive and wanting to win. It wasn't about the money or the notoriety and the fame. It was about just wanting to be a race car driver. That's what these guys wanted to do. They were dedicated. I mean, what they did to uh, further their careers was just incredible. You know, driving from here to Phoenix for a race on a Friday, coming back to Albuquerque for a Saturday, maybe racing up in Colorado Springs on a Sunday. It just... It was. Uh, it's just fantastic to see what they were able to do during their careers, and of course, you know, Big Al, the legend, the four-time winner of the Indy 500. It's just, uh, just a, a terrible loss. And I, I love the guy. He was such a, a nice guy to me and everybody. Really, whenever you saw him interact with any of his fans, it was it was fun to watch because he enjoyed it and he gave you know as much time as they wanted. He he would give it to you. Okay, with with Big Al being on the Mount Rushmore of racing, um, how do you personally think he will be commemorated or celebrated coming up um, in the racing season? I think people uh, will definitely talk about what he was able to do and his success on the track and where he came from and his brother's success and the, the television that Bobby did after his racing career was over. But uh, I really think... You know, when when you look at the, the trophies that are at that museum, and it's incredible the number of trophies and the watches and the rings and the crystal and the you know the jewelry and everything else that they've got, you just look and see um, what he was able to accomplish. I, I think people are going to look at it and say, "Man, he he was one heck of a driver." Because you know he raced it. He raced in some NASCAR races, you know, sprint car races, Indy, and when he won the Indy 500. He got a he got a plaque with a baby Borg Warner trophy, like half a baby Borg Warner trophy. And if you're a race fan, you know what the Borg Warner trophy looks like. Well, the race car drivers, when they win the Indy 500, they get a miniature version of that. Well, back in the day, they got one that was half a trophy that was put onto a plaque. And to to show you what Al meant to Indy, obviously one of four people to win it four times. Uh, this past year, they presented Al with his own baby Borg Warner trophy that sits in the oh, museum cool. today. So that, that shows you it's the 50th anniversary of his first win in 1970 at the Speedway, and they gave him a, a baby Borg Warner trophy of his own to to uh, recognize his greatness and what he meant to open wheel racing, you know, through those 
30 years, 25 years that he was racing. And speaking of what he meant to open to a racing and, and the opportunities that that gave Al Unser Sr. to go all around the world, uh, what kept Big Al in New Mexico? What what kept uh, Big Al Unser connected to where he was from and then obviously his final resting place of Chama? Because this is where he was born. And he was never like, you know, big city, braggadocious guy. He was just a down-to-earth, easygoing, laid-back dude. I mean, that's what he was. So it, it never surprised me that he didn't leave Albuquerque. This is where he was born when his father moved the family down here to open up Jerry's Garage on, well, it wasn't old. It was relatively new, Route 66 at that time. And when you talk about, you know, the Indy 500, I think what people don't realize about this is, you look at his days when he raced IROC, which is the International Race of Champions. This is where all the drivers are in these identically prepared stock cars is what they were, basically. He goes from open-wheel racing to the IROC series where he's racing stock cars. He's accomplished in that. But in 1970, when he won the, the championship, the, the open-wheel USAC championship, and the Indy 500, the first of his four, People don't remember this, but there was an 18-race schedule that year, and it was the last year that USAC uh, determined the championship by racing on dirt and pavement. So you had to have a dirt car, and you had to have the road car, like you know, an Indy car. So there were 18 races that year. Al won 10 of the races, including five on dirt. So he wasn't this one-trick pony that could just you know drive a car 150 miles or 180 miles an hour at Indy. He learned growing up on the West Mesa out of you know car control sliding the back end around so he was he was a talented race car driver no doubt about it but it was more than just putting your you know foot to the pedal and uh, seeing how fast you can go it was more than that for him bob how perfect is it that unser boulevard is the most speeded on road in albuquerque <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty incredible that you get a street named after you. I was I was at Indy years ago covering the Unsers for for Channel Seven at the time, and I was down in the pits, and the guy um, Tom Carnegie, he's the voice of Indy at the time. He's since passed away, but he was the guy you would hear at the Speedway if you went there. He's on the you know the PA system, and uh, he, he tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and all of a sudden he's interviewing me down in down in the pits. And the first question is, he says, ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the Speedway this morning, and we're joined by Bob Brown. He's here representing his television station from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he's here to cover the Unser's. Um, Bob, tell us about Unser Boulevard. I mean, that was the first question the guy asks. I, I just basically say, well, it's the, the longest street in New Mexico, I believe. So, um, yeah, pretty incredible, no doubt. Bob, while the level of competition was super high, there's a lot of love in between the Andretti family and Unser family. Good what's, question. What, what's the reaction and what's the reception in between the Andrettis and Unsers with this with this news coming out? I haven't heard anything from from the Andrettis. Uh, I saw a tweet that Mario put out, I believe, uh, but I think a lot of people don't realize that you know as competitive as they were, Mario Andretti. Yeah, uh, he and that big hour teammates in the '70s. They raced sprint cars. They were on the same Viceroy sprint car team, and they basically, when Al won, Mario would finish second, and when Mario won, Big Al would finish second. So they won nine of eleven races one year in the Viceroy car, uh, a sprint car. Uh, I, I always put the Unsers ahead of the Andrettis when it comes to the first families of racing, no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, they're they're actually. Uh, they were old friends. I mean, they, they got along well, and they were competitive, just like Bobby was with Big Al on the track. You weren't my brother. I'm trying to run you over. 
But uh, off the track, a different story. I'm going to give a couple quick facts that the friends of the show might know, Bob, and then I'm going to leave you with one. You give us one that, that the friends of the show might not know. So, okay. Big Al's first race, 1957. His first Indy, 1965. His first Indy win van, 1970, where he led 190 out of 200 laps and won by 32 seconds from the closest competitor. Wow. And then lastly, holds the Indianapolis 500 record for laps led with 644 inducted into the Indianapolis Motorsports Hall of Fame, inducted in the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, and inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. That is a mouthful, Bob. Give us a tidbit that the friends of the show might not know about Big Al Unser. Well, they probably don't know. A lot of them don't know that he was the the youngest of the four boys. Even though he was Big Al, he was the he was the little kid trying to tag along with his older brothers who were five and seven years older than him. And I think a lot of people don't know that his oldest brother, uh, Jerry Jr., was killed at Indianapolis. His brother, Jerry Jr., was the first unser to race in the Indy 500 in 1958, and there was the first lap 13 car pileup. His car went over the edge of the track. He walked away basically unscathed. But in 1959, Big Al's older brother, Jerry Jr., went to the Speedway and was practicing for the Indy 500, crashed, his car caught on fire, and he ended up dying two and a half weeks later in the hospital. So you you think about, you know, the triumphs and, you know, all the trophies and the wins and the Indy 500s. I think what people don't know is there was a lot of tragedy as well with the Unsers. I mentioned his older brother. Well, his, uh, his uncle Joe, um, one of the original three brothers up in Colorado Springs, he was preparing a race car for the Indy 500, and uh, this was 1929. Indy's the oldest race in the country. 1911 is when the first Indy 500 was held, and Joe took that race car out on the streets near, near his house in Colorado Springs, and they found him on the side of the road in a single-car accident. He was killed. They don't know what happened, how it happened, but he was killed. Uh, driving one of his race cars, preparing for the Indy 500. So I think you know, a lot of people don't understand the tragedy that this family had been through with all the racing. In fact, when he went to Indy, you mentioned it, in 1965, he's following his brother's footsteps in 1963 when, when Bobby raced the first time. He was getting his um, his tryout, if you will, chance to, to prove his worth that he could race at the Speedway. And his mother told him, if you screw up one time, Basically, that's it. You're done. I'm not going to let you do it, even though, you know, Bobby was racing there and his older brother was killed at the Speedway in 59. And uh, and Al went out there and proved that he could do it. And then all those years later, four-time winner, he definitely proved he was, he was on it. And a story I think a lot of people don't remember is that last win in 1987 when he won his fourth Indy 500, he was told by Roger Penske, basically, you're too old, Al. You're 47. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going with a younger driver and a guy who, well, to be honest, is going to show up here with a lot of cash. And so he's going to be my race car driver. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have a seat for you because we're only going to have uh, a couple of cars. Um, and that was Danny Ungaius. And so Danny Ungaius got the ride in 1987. But a Danny Ungaius crashed the race car practicing for qualifying. And so Big Al was still at the Speedway because Junior hadn't qualified, and he was there for that second week of qualifying. He was he was going to help his son out. And uh, when Dan, when uh, Danny and guys crashed, he was in the concussion protocol, and he wasn't going to be able to race and try to qualify for this for the uh, Indy 500. So Penske goes back to Big Al and says, 
you know, I knew I, uh, I know I said you were probably too old at 47 and you're, you know, it's time to put you out the pasture. Can you come back and race for me? Because Danny's not going to be able to race. Oh gosh. And of course, big Al being the, the gentleman and the, the pro he was, he said, you know, of course I will. I don't have a ride. I'd, I'd love to, but what am I going to drive? He crashed the race car. And Penske said, well, we got last year's car. It's a, it's a show car. It's on display at a hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania. We'll get that car, and we'll bring it to the Speedway, and you could try to qualify that. Now, anybody that knows Indy and racing, a year-old race car at the Indy 500 is going to be an old race car because of the technology and the advances every year. But they got the car. They brought it to Indy. Three days later, he takes it out. He qualifies 20th and then goes on to win the race when Mario Andretti has issues and um, Roberto Guerrero had problems. And so it was like a storybook ending that he goes out there and wins his fourth Indy 500 when basically he was told, it's time to give it up. You're 47 years old, and we're going with a younger driver. Uh, he, he showed them all. And that, that shows you the, you know, the turtle versus the hare, Bobby's way of driving and big owls. He just kept it going, kept it going. And uh, when it was all said and done, he won that fourth Indy 500. Bob Brown, thank you for coming on and celebrating your friend with us. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. You know, I've been down all day about it when I found out early this morning that he had passed away. And, he, you know, he had been having some issues, no doubt about it. Um, it really took me by surprise. I wasn't ready for that. It hit me really hard. And then uh, I was able to go down to the museum today where I was uh, working and and so to be able to talk to some of the TV stations that came down there to take pictures and, you know, talk to people that were there and, and that sort of thing, it, it kind of made it a little easier for me, to be honest with you, because I just loved him so much. His wife, Susan's just great. They've always been terrific with me. And to be able to kind of represent and, and tell people just how terrific he was, it meant a lot to me. Thank you, friend. No, Bob. thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you, Bob. Bob Brown, everyone. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back from the break. I'm joined by Jessica Ward, the community outreach director and specialist of all things at Wilson Middle School. And I'm joined by my friend Felina Torres, who is the marketing director at HHC Supply, which is a branch of HHC, which if you are familiar with the Albuquerque area, you're familiar with what they do in the community. Uh, we're here live, well, pre-recorded, but live at Wilson Middle School as the Gladiators are out, and they've made a big contribution to, to the individuals, the kids here at school, and they're doing a coat drive. Uh, can you guys kind of talk a little bit about where this thing originated and how we got to this point and why the Gladiators are here making this donation? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, we decided that uh, Wilson was a much needed, uh, needed a lot of help and needed assistance uh, to help with this code drive. Uh, HHC Supply decided to partner with Wilson ongoing uh, to support the efforts and the need here. So as you say partner, it was the idea of HHC or it was the idea of the Gladiators? Who who um, kind of birthed this? So HHC Supply did, and we reached out to uh, to the Gladiators. I talked to Jess in the meantime and made sure it was okay with them. And we talked to, to the Gladiators, and they were willing and more than willing to, to offer their support and, and assistance in collecting these jackets. Awesome. Now, Jess, whenever you talk about, like, the impact of, like, bringing pro athletes into the school and mm -hmm. the impact of, of supplying some of your kids who maybe have – needs outside of education. Uh, how big of a deal is this to the student body here at Wilson? Um, I will just say that uh, being a Title I school, the need for um, clothing is essential. So the coats will definitely um, 
be uh, well received. Um, with that said, one of the things that I talked to Felina about though with the gladiators coming on campus is it's about relationships for us and it's about our students being able to see themselves in these athletes. And so the desire is that connections will be made, um, encourage, encouragement will occur um, for our students in regards to attendance, behavior, grades, um, just all of that. Our, our students need to be able to see that um, if that's a, a, a path that they're interested in going on, that these are the steps um, that are needed for that to happen. Jessica Ward of Wilson Middle School and Felina Torres of HHC Supply joining me on the program. We're talking about the Duke City Gladiators and coming out into the community and doing some coat drives. Uh, HHC, do they have other intentions of working with Wilson moving forward? Do you have other intentions of working with the Gladiators? And what other impacts are you making in the community? Yes, absolutely. So we are a big give back company. We've been around since 1975. Um, it's super important to us to give back to our community because we're a part of it. And if you're not making an impact, then what are you doing? Um, so we are absolutely going to be partnering with Wilson on ongoing events. Uh, they have a community garden that feeds over 100 uh, families annually that will be participating uh, in the spring and also helping give back to the program as well. School cleanup, campus cleanup, as well as donating uh, gardening supplies and equipment uh, for that event as well. I saw the garden where I pulled up. It was, it was, I was a little bit blown away. It was like goosebump-esque. Yeah, I learned they have an indoor and an outdoor garden here so they actually year-round supply food right Excellent. I believe that's called a greenhouse I believe that's called it I don't know I have no idea if it is we actually have um, a hydroponics room that we're able to grow things in and it's, it's been amazing um, in the midst of the pandemic when our students were home um, we were able to send home um, uh, garden starter kits for all of our students that are enrolled in the garden class and then when we would have our monthly food bank distributions, families would come through and be able to pick up the produce that came straight from our garden. Our garden has been here for 10 years, and this is the first year with our hydroponics room, and it's continuing to grow. We're very proud of our garden. Jessica, before I cut you loose, if there's an organization or an individual or someone who wants to help Wilson and its student body here, what is the best avenue for them to connect with you, and what is the best avenue for them to help the school, be it monetarily or a donation or, I don't know, picking up trash on the roadside, however people help? Absolutely. If um, anyone uh, feels the need to support Wilson Middle School, whether that is monetarily or whether that is with time, um, contact Wilson Middle School and ask for Jessica Ward. And uh, they know me as Miss Jess, and I'll be more than happy to hook you up. Jessica Ward, Felina Torres, thank you both so very much for your time today. Thank you for working with the Gladiators on this project. And as always, if you need anything from us or the station, feel free to always reach out. Uh, when we get back from this, uh, more talk about today's news, sports, pop culture, and current. That was nice, huh? You know, be able to get Very out there nice. and hang out with the gladiators for a little bit and kind of talk to the individuals that worked with the gladiators to help that happen. Jessica Ward over there at Wilson and Felina Torres over there at HHC. It was it was neat, boys. I know you guys were busy, but um, yeah, all the all the athletes showed up for the gladiators. They kind of walked the halls, and the kids were like poking their heads out, and they're like, "These are the biggest guys I've ever seen." <laughs> like, <laughs> Did they ask you what position you played? As soon as I walked in. As soon as I walked in. Is he O line or D line? Which one is he? I was like, uh, I was like, I'm uh, the backup. So he's a cheerleader. Yeah. Oh. Back up to Nate Davis is what I said. So, hey, Nate Davis, by the way, got a couple of his kids are getting they're getting recruited. Like, I don't know if you guys are following any of that at all. We should get Nate on the show. I haven't even thought about it. So Nate runs this like training to like teach kids how to be quarterbacks. Right. They are going to college. 
Nate, like, send your kid to Nate Davis. He will help your kid get recruited. Wow, that's awesome. Like, crazy. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to spend a second talking about um, how fortunate we are here in this community to have, like, some teams that just give back, like the Gladiators and the United and the Isotopes. But, yeah, the Gladiators do it year-round, man. I'm just – I'm very impressed. They are very visible in the community, big time. I B- love it. Big pink concrete trucks. Can't miss them. <laughs> I, I love all the projects that we've done with the Gladiators, and I and I'm feel very fortunate about our relationship with the Gladiators going forward, and we get to do a lot of cool stuff with them. So it's an honor to be involved with them, and it's an honor that we get to serve the community alongside the Duke City Gladiators. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future the United and the Gladiators, if they aren't working together on a, like a like a stadium project, if they aren't because they're of the same kind of ilk, they're of the same direction. I thought you were going to say working on a new sport where they combine football and soccer together. That would be awesome. Yeah, rugby. I sent – oh, yeah, that does exist. I sent a video the other day to you, Robert, which I got no response from. There is an Olympic sport where people are blindfolded and they throw a soccer ball at each other. I'm yeah. not making this up. No, I saw that. I that was, saw it. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Did you see this, man? I'm making this blank face for a very good reason. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't. It was called goofball or something. Gooseball? Goosball. But in, it was, in the Olympics? I'm serious. So what, what are they, these like Jedi's in training? Like how do they know what they're doing? They, they, they it was the force. Yeah. So it's called our right, USA goal ball is what it's called. Yeah. And it's two nets the size of a court and they're at opposite ends of like a volleyball court or a basketball court or whatever. And they wear blindfolds and they pirouette, throw it at each other as hard as they can. See, I'm not a fan of anything that i think i can do i want to i want to <laughs> see a sport where i'm like there's no way i can do it we we all invented this game in our living room as kids with couch cushions <laughs> yes that's hey put it out there i'll do it we're already starting a curling team we've had this talk hey w- what's to stop me from being the only guy on the court that takes his blindfold off and it, just demolishes who's them. gonna know yeah <laughs> and just right right before the right before the, the gun goes off just put that blindfold back down you did so good today, Van. How'd you pull that off? You know me. Well, hey. They're doing, bet- like, between the, like, bowling, like when you're a kid with the ball. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. What? I got no reaction either. I sent, sent it to a couple people. I thought it would be funny. <laughs> Thank you to the Duke City Gladiators and being part of the community. Thank you to their leadership team over there. They're doing a tremendous job. Let's grab a break. When we get back, Desmond Carpenter plays point guard for the New Mexico Highlands University. Cowboys is going to join us. They got a, they got a big weekend uh, this weekend, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit of basketball talk, and then John Lopez at 4.30. We're two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Good first hour of the program. If it's quitting time for you at work, it's joining time for you here. Obviously, we're having a lot of fun on a Friday with Robert Gibson. Robert, thank you for joining us today. Big thank you to Bob Brown, who joined us at 4.15 for 45 minutes to talk about Al Unzer. That was nice. The Quans Auto Care Hotline we opened up to, uh, well, to my favorite player in the RMAC, uh, New Mexico Highlands point guard, shooting guard, sometimes small forward, depending on what he has to do. Desmond Carpenter joining the program. Desmond, how are you? Good. Yourself? I'm doing well, friend, alongside me, Van and Robert. And you may remember Robert as we called you dropping 31 in the Lone Star RMAC crossover, and Robert was sitting courtside next to your lady when she got blasted in the face <laughs> running music with a basketball. 
Robert, you I did not see that, but that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, Dez, you probably you probably don't remember my voice, but I remember you. We have the you used to work in my barber shop, man. I remember. I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> you I, I, I remember. Yeah. I was like, that's Dez. He used to sweep up hair. Now he's shooting threes, killing people. I love it. Killing people. Right. The way the way he said, "Yeah, I remember you." Didn't have a very positive. No, it wasn't I, was, I was probably walking there, talking all type of noise uh, right, uh, off the, right off the bat. <laughs> Desmond Carpenter, high fade, starts with a zero. Averaging 17 points a game for the Cowboys, it has been an interesting start to the season for you and your squad. you want to talk a little bit about how many New Mexico players are, are up there in Las Vegas with you and kind of how you guys are gelling early in the season, five and three overall? Oh, we have a we have a good amount of New Mexico players yeah, do. and then a, a good amount of uh, out-of-town players. And the way we come together, it was uh, – it was it was like we clicked from the from the jump, you know. And we had a we had a tough weekend to open the RMAC, but you know, falling down sometimes helps you guys. And you know, I think it brought us closer. And the way we gelled after that, I think I think it's going to be a good weekend this weekend. Loyal listener out there in Albuquerque, if you don't know already, Fred Slow is the voice of New Mexico oh, Highland guy? University athletics. That guy. And I just want to know, is Fred? The biggest embarrassment in the history of Highlands University and even the sport of basketball also. Good question. I, Me personally, I enjoy him as a commentator. I do because he he's funny and he knows sports. So when you, when you combine those two things, it's just the listener is just – they're loving it. They laugh, and then they also get to enjoy a good game. So personally, I – I, I enjoy him as the voice of New Mexico. How much? How much did that plug cost? Yeah, what, yeah, what do I owe you, Des? Is there? A, <laughs> let's call it even hundred for that. Desmond Carpenter. Good dinner. Good dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, good dinner in Las Vegas, New Mexico. There's only like three different places you can go. Sure. Right. But I've gone to right. all of them, and they're all great. Couple of tough losses for you, Desmond, and the Cowboys um, this past weekend. And I'm talking like like a game by four and a game by three. Like, like, what is going on? Like this, like you guys are in the mix, but what do we? What do the Cowboys got to do to like finish out at the end and, and kind of right this ship against Regis? We just got to finish games. We got to put it all together. I mean, uh, we got to do the little things. As missed free throws were a big impact of the game, where we missed ten. If we make two more, we tie the game. If we make three more, we win the game. And it's just, it's those, it's that one possession that you you need to overcome that. And it might not be at the end of the game. It could have been the first play of easy back door, but it's those little things, and we just got to put those together as a team, and we just got to stay strong. We just got to stay strong, and we just got to finish out hard. So, Des, with you being uh, one of the leaders of the team senior year, what what was the what were your goals at the beginning of the year? What what were you guys striving for? What what's the ultimate goal this year, especially for you being your last year? The ultimate goal is. Winning the RMAC, winning the RMAC and making the NCAA tournament, and it's a long road to get there. And to start it off, we were we were trying to build mental toughness. We were trying to build. We were trying to be in shape. We tried to build physical toughness. And in order to do that, you have to you have to push your bodies and you have to push your mind through things. So I know our biggest thing at the start of the year for both coaches and our whole team was. I know a lot of people do not like New Mexico Highlands, so we have to be mentally tough. So we have to go through those things at the beginning of the year, whether it's 30 degrees outside, we're running. Or 
it's early in the morning practices. I mean, building that that toughness physically and mentally was our our goal, and I think that's going to help us achieve our our main goal is winning the RMAC and making the NCAA tournament. Desmond, can you talk a little bit about the coaching staff, Coach Dominguez and Coach Davidson, the kind of the role they play on the court and the role they play off the court? Yes, uh, on the court, both intelligent coaches. They 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 both played back college basketball. Coach Mike, I know, had a great year in the RMAC uh, at Colorado Mesa, and you know he's a, they're both player coaches, so they both been players and they both know how players react and how players' minds go. And they also just know the game. They know the game of how it's played and how the game's involved into from two pointers to live and die by the three now. So, but on the court, they're both intelligent court coaches. You know, they both know offense and defense, and they both know how players work. And off the court, I know they have our back, whether it's school, um, any personal problems, basketball problems, or just, you know, just a dinner, just to sit down and talk. So, both coaches, I, I've loved them. I, I've been with Coach Mike for five years now, and Coach Andrew, I know he's here my freshman year, and then now he's back. So, But both coaches are good, great on and off the court as well. Des Carpenter joining us. We're having a lot of fun. He plays guard for New Mexico Highlands University, the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, high school basketball started as well. You keeping one eye on your alma mater? Are you paying attention to Cibola? I am, I am. Uh, I kept up on the first game. Uh, they they were in a close fight with El Dorado. I remember that. Um, I haven't kept up this week to see what games they have, but I keep up with them, and I do. It, it, it's it's hard. I miss it. So you know, looking at what they still have and looking at what players and talent they have incoming. I know Coach Rod has been coaching for a while now, and crazy story is he coached my dad in high school and then coached me. Oh, that is so, crazy. That's legit weird. That's like yeah, a, that's is. a long so, time. He, he coached my dad at Highland High School, and then I ended up playing for him. So it just goes down the line, and keeping up with where you where you come from is always a big part. Daz, I'm looking at the Highlands Athletic webpage. You are the face of Highlands, bro. Your face <laughs> is everywhere. I want to know who's cutting your hair up there. Who, who's who's getting you I, right? Uh, who's getting I, you I, right? I'm cut. I'm cutting my own hair. <laughs> I, I I'm the I am the barber I, here at Highlands. I cut football, but, basketball, and myself. You're doing a good job because I'm telling you, you are on 95 percent of the pictures, and you can tell your hair is on point. Hey, but I'm telling you, Des grows it out though. Whenever they do the official stats, because six two, Des, you got this roster lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm legit six two. I, some people, some people's. Some people's height are uh, a little a little higher than what they are, but I found myself legit six two. <laughs> okay, I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna say okay, but I'm gonna say I don't know. Fred, Fred needs to get you a legit name, image, likeness deal with a barber shop. That's like it. Here yeah, that's go. what we're doing. There we go. I don't know the rules on it, and I don't even know where to start to like ask about it. But but I'll represent that. I feel like I could figure that out. Is it? That works. All right. So, what's your favorite, Desmond? Because I, I know you got a little bit of personality. You got a little bit. You got a little bit of pop in you, not just in the game, but when you're walking around campus. Do you prefer playing at home in front of a packed John A. Wilson complex, or do you prefer going on the road and playing in front of a packed wherever where you know they hate you? Oh, it's it's tough because playing at home is always you always you have those fans behind you cheering after every point cheering after every score, every defensive stop, and you feed off of that. 
but on the road, I like I like on the road just because you can shut other crowds up. You could they're going to be talking to you, and you all it's a different type of edge that you feed off of. It's a different type of edge, and so playing on the road is it's it's different. But you got to be you got to be prepared for it. But playing at home is definitely definitely I don't know. It's a close call. I don't know how to put it, but playing in front of the, your fans is is amazing, but setting other crowds up and doing that on the road is also amazing. So it, it, it's a tough call. Desmond, you're a senior now, so you're you're the big dog in the room. Uh, what's your leadership skills like? What's it like being a, a teacher and a leader to these younger freshmen and sophomores? To these younger guys, I always tell them it, it's not about where you start. It's about where you finish and how hard you're going to work for it. Uh, everybody has goals in life and basketball and school and in, in general and it it's not you just can't sit around you and you know i know a lot of freshmen registered this year and i always tell them if if you want to do that you're gonna you're going to work hard if you really want to achieve your goals and it, it doesn't even have to be basketball in anything you have to work hard it's not just going to be given to you i know coming in as a lot of these freshmen they take redshirting or they take sometimes not playing a lot as an insult but you got to use that and you got to put a chip on your shoulder and you you got to use that as fire and i always tell them it's not gonna be given it's never given and you just got to work hard you got to you got to put those little things together and you got to grind desmond carpenter says if you come in as a freshman and work hard you can grow two inches by senior year that's what he's <laughs> right I'm, it's possible it is possible so, hey des uh so i re- i want i wanted to ask you this question I don't remember the team. It was when you guys were playing the, the tournament here at the pit. And the point guard, right when after the tip-off, the point guard threw up. You remember what I'm talking about? Angelo State, yes. Yes. <laughs> what was going through your mind when you saw that? Because I remember the look on your face. You were like, yeah, this air is different up here. How were you, how were you feeling I, I, when you saw that? I was feeling like, okay, now we know, like, it's like when you're, like, bending down on your knees, the team knows you're tired. So, when we first seen that, it was just, oh yeah, it's time to go now. It's time to go. It is. We were we're prepared for this, and I don't know if you guys are. So it was time to go. It was time to go after we saw that, and it was it's kind of weird. It was like the first ten seconds of the game. Too. Yeah. So. All right, Des. Let's uh, it's humble time. It's humble time right now. What what are your what are your team's deficits? What do you have to work on going forward to take that conference championship? Right now, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put our defense together, our half court defense together. Um, we're gonna have to stay together, and we're gonna have to work. And all five people on the court have to be a fifth. And uh, I know my dad has always used to say to our players that fighters can't knock somebody out with one finger up and four fingers down. So we all have to be that fifth in order to knock out each and every team. And we gotta we gotta stay strong together. You know, um, it doesn't matter how much points each player scores or who does this or who gets this shot. It's, it's all about being a team. And the main part, I think, is going to be locking up half-court defense. And if we do that, we're going to score the ball and we're going to hold teams to under 70 points. 
Cowboys look to bounce back tomorrow night at home versus Regis. Regis coming in. They're no slouch. They're 7-1 on the season, 2-0 uh, and o in the conference. So Highlands is going to make a statement tomorrow night at home at the John A. Wilson Complex. You can travel up there for the action, or you can catch me on the broadcast, and that's on the RMAC Network, which is available through nmhuathletics.com. Desmond, thank you so very much, friend, for taking the time. Any final words before we let you go? No, just thank you for having me, and uh, come support your Cowboys and Cowgirls out uh, this weekend. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a fun one. Love it. Desmond Carpenter, everyone. Thanks, Des. What a good young dude, right? Yeah. What a yep. good young man. Yep. He's always around the programs, too, because like, you guys know I do all the sports. Right. So he, like, if it's, a, if it's women's soccer or the football team or <clears throat> women's volleyball, like, he's up there in some capacity just, like, being a part of the program, being part of academia. So good young man. And thank you both for letting me scratch my New Mexico Highlands itch because I kind of really love it. Like, it's a really good product. They're really good kids. Yeah, you bring on good kids from any walk of life. I'm stoked. Love that. Let's grab a break when we get back. I mean, we got kind of a lot going on here, guys. WWE has just worked their first name image likeness deals. Let's talk about that because we think uh, we think college athletics is changing, and in my opinion, for the better. Dave and Buster's presents two men on the WWE. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I nine, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, ninety five point nine FM, AM six ten, the Sports Animal. All right, welcome back to the program. I mean, this has been pretty good. This has been a pretty good little program today. Again, thank you to Bob Brown, who joined us in the first hour. We talked to Al Unzer Sr. Had a lot of fun with that. Thank you to Desmond Carpenter, who joined us just last segment and talked to New Mexico Highlands Cowboys. I really like both those interviews. Same. I like um, we have somebody talk about another individual you don't know well. Yeah. Talking about Bob, Bob Brown, and the Al Unzer Sr. interview. Yeah. Like, everyone in Albuquerque knows he's a legend. But you don't know how, like, humble and kind and, like, what just a normal guy he was. So when you, you get, like, real-world perspective of, like, that humanizes somebody, yeah, it really puts it in the perspective. He's not just some guy that you can Google and see how many races he won. He's, like, a real person who cared about his family and community. And I, I love stories like that. Also, like, Unzer Boulevard sounds way cooler than Slow Road. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you ain't lying. Nobody would. Nobody would. We were talking with Desmond Carpenter uh, about Highlands. We were, we were ribbing a little bit on, on getting him a barber sponsor because, as Robert knows, that's where Desmond Carpenter came up. WWE, which I am familiar with, and Van, I've tried, um, I don't know, a million times to get you to even watch it for one second. I can't bite. Nope. It's not doing it. Uh, live events. Let's roll. Yes. Okay. I am down. I, that was going to be my question. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm super down. There we go. I took Van to the Royal Rumble in Phoenix a couple of years ago and lost him. So we were ringside. So we're like second row, whatever we are, right? And I'm like, where is Van? And Van has, this is a real story. There's no embellishment. Van has snuck into a luxury box with a group of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> what? And this is a true story. He then snuck into their... Uh, liquor cabinet? What other word do you want to use? Well, you're a little bit off. Oh, okay. So when I went on a beer run, I befriended these guys with the luxury suite, and then they're like, hey, you're a cool guy. Come in our luxury suite. 
So hung out with him for a little bit. And I, well, I, I started well, to get the feeling that, like, I'm kind of wearing out my welcome here. It's time to give some high fives and walk away. Thanks for their hospitality. Okay. So I started saying goodbye to everybody, and I noticed two suites down, the lights were off. So I was like, oh, man, don't tell me this is about to happen. So I just walked two suites down, and I got my own suite <laughs> at the Royal Rumble what? at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And I'm texting Fred, and I'm, I'm texting everyone we're with. And I'm like, guys, come up to suite number 240 or whatever. I just got my own suite with a stocked fridge. There was a 30-rack of Coors Light and a 12-pack of Michelob Ultra in there. But I'm like, I'm ringside trying to catch sweat off Randy Orton in my mouth. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't, I can't get up from here physically. I was going to ask you, were you skeptical <laughs> when you get this text? No, never. No? No. You no. knew it was going down. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 Was, That's perfectly on brand for me to do something correct. like that. <laughs> if, if you take Van and put him in an environment where he doesn't respect the others and the boundaries of the environment, that environment's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Van, what's the opening line to The Departed? I don't allow my environment. Wait, no. I just <laughs> messed it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is this something that he does after a couple of drinks? No, I, all the okay, time. I was going to say. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a product of my environment. I need my environment to be a product of me. Oh, you, you don't want to do it, Jack Nicholas, at all? No, because I had that brain fart. <laughs> put me, put me on the spot. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Yeah, I just so, want to throw this out here for Fred. I've never been to a WWE event. All right, and I love WWE. Royal so, Rumble. So, in WrestleMania, St. Royal Rumble, something. Royal Rumble's in St. Louis this year, and you know I'm going. I can't, I can't promise you a luxury suite. I'll find one. We, we <laughs> will, we will for certain as a, as like a core as because all right inside baseball for the friends of the show, like for the friends of the show out there currently listening, we roll around to Albuquerque in a weird anchorman style group of like TV and radio combined. It's the it's kind of dumb. Like, it's kind of dumb when we walk in place. It's hilarious. It's very funny. It's legit hilarious. Yeah. There is not a karaoke mic in this city that hasn't felt the wrath of us on a Monday. <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. And we will all go to WrestleMania in Dallas this year, the first weekend in April. And, and Robert, you will be a part of that journey. So I'm very excited about that. Now I have something to brag about to my nephews. <laughs> because they went the last time, I believe, was it WrestleMania in Dallas a couple of years ago? Uh, 34, yeah. And he went... And I couldn't even be happy for him. I was so jealous. Yeah, I was also there. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, <laughs> look at this. Everybody was there but me. 106,000 people live and in attendance for the largest WWE event in the history 106? of 106? Where is that at? What, here's what it's when Harry the World. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. At no, 18. I didn't know it was that big. And whenever, well, because they put chairs on the floor because the ring yeah. is only 20 by 20. And then uh, the glass breaks and Snow, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. And then uh, no one in there can handle the emotion. This goes crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. Fred's losing it right now. <laughs> I t I th I've talked about this regularly. The, the greatest thing I've ever seen, the greatest concert I've ever seen in person is Garth Brooks. It's not even close. The greatest event I've ever seen in person, WrestleMania. Can't, be, can't even be touched. Not even close. So WWE. So they signed in name, image, likeness, Gable Stevenson. Are you guys familiar with he? No clue. Okay. I am. Okay. So he is a collegiate wrestler who uh, won a gold freaking medal at the Olympics, right? Okay, he, big deal. Yeah, he looks like a chiseled Adonis, okay? He, let, me, let me paint an image for you, Van. Okay. He looks like six Drakes standing next to each other, but they all work out. Yeah. Okay. That's what he looks like. Okay. He's very intimidating. Okay, yeah. you nailed that. <laughs> yeah. I just Googled you nailed that. Yes, exactly. 
So, WWE is now in the name, image, likeness game, and they put out 15 of them this past week alongside Gable Stevenson, and I'm just going to read you some numbers, okay? This track and field athlete from Ventura, California, plays at Ohio State, 6'6", 305. The two prettiest sisters you've ever seen, twin sisters that play at Fresno State, like, I'm talking like... Oh, my goodness. You ain't lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Hannah and Haley Cavender, no clue. They're basketball players, but they're about to be tag team champions just like the Bella Twins were. And I could keep running this list. Seven-foot-tall, 400-pound football player from Portland State University, <clears throat> John Cron. What? This makes sense now because they're unloading a lot of talent. Yeah. Now I understand why. When I say they, I mean the WWE. They're they're getting rid of people that have been on their rosters for a couple of years. They're just making space for the new for so, the new blood. Do you think that this is leading to like a new league? That's I think a fee, I think it's the farm system. Right. Yeah. So you have another traveling group of the youngsters who have their own storyline separate from the big story? I think you're very close. So what I think it is, is WWE famously had this show called Tough Enough for a long time. Oh, and I they, remember that. And they'd bring in amateurs, and they would compete in like Survivor-style competitions, all wrestling-based. And this is your feeder, Van. Because like, no offense to AJ Ferrari, who, if you look at him, looks like he should be every 13-year-old Hispanic kid's favorite athlete. But he's not going to do anything with amateur wrestling in a professional world. This is his only avenue. Very true. And so now you're going to end up with six foot nine, three hundred and thirty pound football player from the University of Arkansas, Dalton Wagger, to go up there and and just have an opportunity to, to be a personality and be the be crafted the way WWE wants. And they're going to pay kids to play collegiate athletes. I love everything about it. Six nine three thirty. Wow. That's, I mean, that's that's a little bit littler than like you need to be to play forward for the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, and and true, <laughs> that's pretty good. In true WWE fashion, they rebranded name, image, likeness to Next in Line. Yeah, yeah, that is so smart. Nil, they're so good at this. Yep. I'm so I'm the biggest fan of this. I'm I am now rooting for the University of Kentucky track and field team because I want to see Masai Russell from Pontiac, Maryland do that thing. I love it. Also, if either Haley or Hannah uh Cavender want to call the program, we will take that call. We will cancel whatever commercial break we are on. <laughs> we will go immediately to on air. Aaliyah Hutchins. Are they the Cavender twins? Are they basketball players? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I've heard of them. They come to the pit and play U and M. Is that? Can you figure out when that is? Not that I have to go. <laughs> what did you say, Fresno State? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I will put. I will throw on. Here's what we'll do. Because I have enough WWE shirts, not just for everyone in these rooms, but for like all the friends of the show, and we'll all go together. That will be weird, but I, I will do it. I'm not. I'm not afraid to be that weird. Aaliyah Hutchins from Toronto, Canada. Did the Cavender sisters just like immediately walk off the court when they signed that name, image, likeness, just like Thibodeau did when nice. Coach left? Nice. Wow. It's like we. Are, I don't need this. Nah, we. Yeah, I don't need this. Is dumb. We cool here. Glenn Logan from LSU. I'm telling, like, this is no joke. Get ready for the best wrestling of all time. And also, I know you guys aren't there. WWE shoots the best documentaries. WWE's yes. going to have a camera following these kids around yep. all the time. Shoot. 
Shoot. It makes sense because the champions that are in place now, you know, they're former college football players. Yeah, Roman Reigns. Big E at Iowa. The Rock. The Fres- yeah. Fresno State visits New Mexico on January 22nd at 2 p.m. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no right. show. Are you going to be there on the 21st at noon? <laughs> I'm going to camp out like Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Highlands that day broadcasting the men and women's doubleheader. We'll FaceTime you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, JJ, you listening to the show right now, voice of the Lady Lobos. Need that interview. We, Reach we, out. We need that interview, a nice dinner, front row seats. Hey, legit, we could get the interview. And then, so we get them both, whatever. And I just, I only want to talk about the deal. Yeah. Like, I need to know. It makes sense. Because like, what is it? Like, are, they all can't be the same. There's no way it's a blanket deal. But it could be a couple hundred bucks a week here, thousand bucks a week here. You do a little bit extra, we do a little bit extra. I'm in on it. I'm I'm more about it than anything. Also, with name, image, likeness, you have access to the athlete, but you don't have access to the branding of the university. So on all the announcements, like, all the logos are, like, scrubbed off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. That's they cool. have, like, generic jerseys on. Yeah. I know. I'm about this. So this is kind of the first big company to be like, hey, we're making a public statement of how we're going to take it on. I know we got to take a break, Michael. We'll do that right now. Uh, when we get back, the phone lines are open, so we will take some calls. We'll connect with the friends of the show. Uh, I don't have a ton left on my plate that I think is super fun, except for what is happening to Major League Baseball fringe players. So we're going to make sure we hit on that. we got a lot of program left. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On. The phone lines are open. Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Yeah, so anyways, anyways, I said if if you can prove it, then I'll come back with the payment. See how that worked out. Me and Van used to host a TV show here in town, Robert. Every time we would come back from the break, we'd do, we'd do the open-ended joke. And it became a one-upsman the whole time. To... <laughs> and we would just a giggle behind the scenes, and no one at home got it. And we're like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Joining us. We, the... we come back to the commercial and be like, well, I can never look at Fruit Loops the same way. And then, Welcome back to the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, that's the reason why that park's off limits to me. And then we would, and we it would just never stop. And I was always scared of taping my ankle from that day forward. Mm-hmm. The nickname General Lee didn't stick as long as you thought it would. And we'd be back at it. Joining us on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, friend of the show, Tommy. Tommy wants to talk to us about WWE because he's trying to get an NIL deal. Yeah, don't I wish? Um, yeah, Tom, the truth back at you guys. I, I've listened to this NIL. I've, I've looked at it, and I know the WWE, what they're trying to do is get the youth back because youths are not watching wrestling like they used to. Teenagers are not watching it. My grandkids do not watch it. And they're trying to bring that back. I, I, I understand it. But, Matt, uh, Fred, we've been watching wrestling. I've been watching it since Bruno Sammartino, Nick Bockwinkel. Robert, Bob, too. Bob, Robert, yeah. as well. Don't leave Robert him out of this. Yes. Robert, yes, we've yes. been watching it forever. And back in the days of Nitro, which is one of the favorite shows I still love, which AEW reminds me of, teenagers are watching it and kids. And they're trying to bring that back by doing this NIL. Now, the thing I ask is this. These people that are coming in, are they passionate about wrestling? We'll figure it out. Do they love wrestling? Like the indie wrestlers that wrestle for two or three years. Like the Sasha Banks, when she wrestled for chaotic wrestling in Boston before getting called up to NXT. I want to see, do they love wrestling? Because it's a hard sport. 
It's hard on traveling, too. That's what I'm going to determine by getting like ball, these volleyball players and these college players that play these different sports. You have to love and be passionate about wrestling to do the sport. You agree? It depends on the money. I was going to say. Yeah. It's well, yeah, about but, the coin. Yeah, that, that matters. But you know as well as I do, look, okay, you're talking about bringing in, you know, these younger people, attractive people as well, because that sells. Eva Marie, even though she's 37, she's amazing looking, can't wrestle. Stiff as a board. Yeah, she's my favorite. She knows she can't wrestle, and that's why she's gone. <laughs> Just like when they had uh, Nia Jax, I think a younger version. She used to model, actually. Yeah. But she's hurting other wrestlers because she's too stiff. She can't wrestle. And the crowd's going to tell these younger people coming in, to do tough enough or whatever, how they ever get in, that you can wrestle. Now, the crowd's going to know this person can wrestle. Now, that's what I want to see. I think I know, they're trying to bring the youth back. They want to bring teenagers back watching wrestling again and kids. You also got to put a better product, product of wrestling out there because AEW, look what they're doing. Kicked NXT's butt on Wednesday night. NXT moved to Tuesdays. NXT changed up their format. They're trying to bring some youth back. You know what I'm But yet you have older wrestlers at, at AEW. If you watch it, Ruby Soho's over there. Brian Danielson's over there. It's also about wrestling. And, and when I watch AEW, they just wrestle. There's not too much on the, the show, on the, on the promos. They're there, but it's just wrestling. I was going to say... And uh, teenagers Tom- are watching AEW. They're watching that product. Tommy, I was going to say, the, the, what AEW has right, they, like you said, they have the perfect mix of yeah. young and then the veterans, but they yeah. also, like you said, they keep it about wrestling. And that's, that's yeah. what it is, and, and it's exciting. I'm with you. I love it. Shoot, that, I feel like I, I disagree completely with both of you. Really? Yeah, I want The Miz on Dancing with the Stars. Like, that's what, that's what I care about. Like I, like wrestling. No, to me, I don't. That's I don't. The okay, last I don't part. mind that part if you want to go off and do something because The Rock and yeah. Batista went off. But the thing that's happening with the WWE and the reason why they're losing people, watching their show right now. That's why they got their ass kicked Wednesday night. Why do you think they moved to Tuesday? The Democrats they got killed. They moved to Tuesday night because AEW is killing them. You got to keep it about the wrestling too, because that's what fans want to see too. With I um, mean, they want to see people that can wrestle. Going back to you what you got to have a mix. Going back to what Fred said, um, I think what the problem is with that now is those like the Miz. He was already the Miz, and then he did yeah. that. You know that they're not doing it in in backwards form where they're going to Dancing with the Stars and people are finding out who the Miz is and he comes back to wrestling. So I think that's I remember where the seeing Miz is. on the Real World. The yep, first, me too. You know, I guess you call that the first. Uh, reality TV show. Yep. And he was saying, he was talking about his character to all the other roommates he had. And they all made fun of him. They made fun but of him. But guess what? He did it. Yep. He huh. did it. And he was the Miz first, and he did this stuff after. And just like The Rock was The Rock first in wrestling, he did his stuff after. Batista did his wrestling. He did his uh, um, acting stuff after. You've got to make it more about the wrestling. So I hope these people come in. They can energize the teenagers and the kids to watch wrestling. But they, to me, they have to be passionate about wrestling. And we'll find out if they're passionate about Becoming a WWE star. We'll see. Tommy, you're the best. Thank you for taking the time. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're at Bourbon and Boots on Sunday. Totally forgot. Oh, yeah. You made an announcement. See your boys. The, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this Miz story, man. I kind of I think we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. I know all about it. Yeah. How? So, Robert, you're familiar with how the Miz on the real world? and Yes. So, Vital, the Miz, he's on the real world, and he brings his own designed t-shirts to the real world yep and he wears them all the time and gives them out to the fellow cast members and then starts a website where you can only buy those t-shirts directly from him and he makes millions of dollars smart guy literally 
And the MTV was like, you can't do that. And he was like, I've, I've literally already done it. And then that's when they signed the deal with Under Armour or whatever it is to, to not wear that. So, yeah, anyway, so kind of a thing. The Miz, he's obviously the most different of the different because he, he knows what's up. I mean, I understand Tommy's angle that you want to see. If you're an actual wrestling fan, you want to see actual talented wrestlers and impressive athletes. But for a layman like me, I just want to see hot people be funny. Same. Yeah. There you go. I think that's where um, WWE has cornered that market. Yeah. They've, they've cornered the market on put a mic in front of someone, let them talk, and then pull people in from the well, mouthpiece. Everyone's got their own preferences, right? Because it's like there are these like certain like streaming websites that people go to, right? And there's professional-level videos on these streaming websites, and then there's amateur-level videos on these streaming websites. Right. And some individuals really like the professional-level stuff. Sure. And maybe it's designed for, like, an adolescent audience, and that's the people that are absorbing it. But some other people really like amateur-level stuff. What's the name of one of these websites? Something Hub. I can't come up with it. Mm -hmm. Mm. But, like, everyone's got Mm. their own flavor of professional wrestling. Right. (laughs) And that's why I think you got to have all of them. I I think WWE, for their name, image, likeness stuff, would just be just as well served by going to, like, theater departments of these colleges where they're picking out these athletes from and getting, like, fit actors i think that that fits their mold just as good as getting a college athlete or if they're not fit they can be like managers sure yeah it can be talking pieces for someone who doesn't who isn't strong in the talking department if wwe had found samson jacob 10 years ago he'd be the biggest star in the whole world it wouldn't even be close dame busters presents two men on live from the john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy studio we're powered by new mexico opinion coffee we play on team i9 and we start our days at the ymca central new mexico 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal welcome back duke city you are listening to dave and busters presents two men on we are live from the john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy studio we're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. We start our days off at the YMCA, and I encourage you to find your why. The Vikings were up 29 rip and still almost blew it. Hmm, sounds like another team that I know very <laughs> fond of that was on a national televised game. The Vikings are the thorn in my side when it comes to my pick'em league this year. I don't think I've got to pick them right on the Vikings all year. I don't you, think anybody has. All year. Did you pick them last night? I'll take it that no, you didn't. No, I took the Steelers last oh, night. Oh, my goodness. Because I thought without Thielen, without a few of their defensive players, okay, Cook makes, was still hurt. That makes sense. The Steelers did, would do what they needed to do to win. I, took a, um, I just took a leap of faith because I have Cook on one of my fantasy teams, and they were, like, questionable. I was like, ah, if it's not an out, I'll play them. Yeah. 36 points. Nice. He went crazy. And they still almost lost. Still. They still oh. almost blew it. Yes. That, that, that's, that's why I picked him yesterday, Van, when you guys were going through the pick in that game. Because they can, the Vikings one week can close out, and the next week they fall off the cliff. Well, I, I tried to talk myself into it. Like, the logic was there. I was like, well, they lost to the Lions last week. So that means they're going to beat a good team this week. And I'm not saying the Steelers are that good. But the Steelers are miles better than the Lions. Very true. Vikings can't get out of their way. It was crazy. But Kirk Cousins, boy, he's having a good year. 
He threw he threw two picks yesterday, and I the way I saw it, only one of them was his fault. What is he at? What what is he two? What is it, seven? Only five. He had oh, five. He got five. And he's yeah, got yeah, tons five. of touchdowns. Three going into year. that game. Oh yeah, so he's what twenty five touchdowns, five interceptions. But if you gave me those stats without giving me a name, that is not the quarterback I would say has those stats. Only five interceptions this so far. Like, Kirk Cousin would have been like my 15th, 16th guess. Yeah, very true. If at all. Welcoming Fred Slow back to the program. Got caught up because TJ Trout is next door, and he has a party going on in there. Yeah. I don't know what it is over there. It's like a... It's like a, th- a thirsty Friday or something. A personal wine tasting. Wait a minute, going they got on. like chalices and yeah. Like, By like can you call over there? Can we get over on TJ's show right now? Can we find out what's going on? <laughs> you could pop in there. He wouldn't mind. I was well, I was I was peering through the window. I was I was I was like window shopping for he has some sort of like man gift in there of of drinky drinks. Very jealous. They'll do beer Fridays, wine Fridays. Today is wine Friday. So if we were if this if this radio situation right now it was like a football game he would be out in front twenty nine zero right now because yeah. he's way ahead of us <laughs> mm-hmm. we're gonna catch up give me five minutes can't believe he hasn't called <laughs> or shared hey that's the one yeah brings in all different wine vineyards or whatever from around the states pretty cool your boy Ben Roethlisberger uh, the only thing he was sharing last night was mean mugs he was mean mugging that whole team he hated his team you know what. Fred, you look like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, mugshot, yeah. You look just like him. I just, I don't know why I never put that together until just now. I mean, I've never got that one before. You do. You well, not the hair thing, but no, I got good hair. Yeah, he doesn't. He he has the helmet hair. Van looking very perplexed right now. Yeah, because trying to picture it because it's not right because you it, ain't right. Oh, you look. Okay, if you just that's forehead like, down, forehead like, down. Okay, that's like if I'm like, hey, Robert, you look just like Kevin Hart. No, you no, don't. No, because then I'll be like, all of us look the same. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what you're doing to me. <laughs> Gosh, I don't look like Ben Rollins. Hey, hey uh, everyone, there's there's a white guy here over, with a six, beard. over yeah. six six with a beard. Must be a former NFL athlete. <laughs> You mean Brandon Vote look the same too? We all the same? No, nah, me and Brandon do. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. We're both, we're both gingers, so Uh-oh. that's one step closer. Yeah, it's... So it's been done. This is his final round. Oh, my gosh, yes. He yeah. looked pretty good. This is farewell to her. comeback, that rally. Well, we can't just say he looks pretty good and not think about the rest of the game. Like, you have to play the whole game. Also, they got the Dalvin Cook show. Almost 30 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they they should have won it on the final play. Yeah, that tight end. That was a great pass. Yeah, the ball was right there. He threaded that. He should have caught it. Is right. He's surgical. Like with a football, like he could be a surgeon. Ben Roethlisberger. Nah. (laughs) Historically, maybe this is a farewell tour. He needs to be going like on the fifty yard line and shaking hands and waving at the crowd and getting gifts from each city. Yeah, he's wasting his time. He's wasting his farewell tour. You can't, like, the Steelers can't responsibly put him on the field next year, right? They got to move on. Yeah. yeah. 
You're making a good point. Yeah. we got to move on from this segment. Final hour of the program for the week whenever we get back, and we'll tell you what we're doing this week and what we got coming up next week if you want to connect with your boys. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Bank. I'm a fan of this idea, by the way, because I'm Team Brian on this one. Okay. Brian is joining us on the Quans Auto Care because he doesn't think Big Ben is done, but I'm going to say I think he's done in Pittsburgh. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Uh, no, I, I do. I think he's done in Pittsburgh. You know, he's, he's not quite as mobile as he used to be. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, he showed a lot of grit last night. Uh, but, you know, what I really what I was calling about is that when I think about it, it's kind of a, sad when you see somebody in their twilight years because and it's just the nature of sports. You know, what have you done for me today? Or what are you going to do for me tomorrow? And, of course, there's going to be a younger, faster guy with a stronger arm come in and replace him, and they do need to do that. Uh, but, you know, this guy, even in his twilight, I mean, he's good. I mean, <laughs> to be a professional quarterback, that, that's huge. Uh, but I, I do agree 100%, guys. Uh, Pittsburgh has, is going to have to move on and uh, – you know, with their defense, I think they're going to be really good next year, depending on who they bring in as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben's still that old, crafty veteran. He knows every coverage you throw at him. He he knows he's got a ton of tricks up his sleeve. But it seems like his accuracy is decreasing. He doesn't have the deep ball like he used to. And, I mean, he's just so damn slow. He makes Tom Brady look like Usain Bolt. Yeah, no, no, no. He's like syrup going uphill. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I do. I look at some of these old KG quarterbacks that are, I, I think, are probably dinosaurs. You know, I mean, you see these new quarterbacks coming in, and it's a whole different generation, a whole different athlete. Uh, you know, would you, as an owner or as a coach, would you go out and recruit or bring in and hire a quarterback like a, Ben Roethlisberger uh, in this day and age? Probably not. Well, you, in, you, you, want that, Brian, the you, know, you want that mobile guy. Well, you're not wrong at all. But in the conversation, it's a little weird because, you know, in 2018, Roethlisberger, he got 450 completions. You know, like Roethlisberger in 2018, which is with COVID years, it seems like a lot longer, but that's only three seasons ago. And then in 19, he takes the injury, and it's just not been able to bounce back for number seven. No, I mean, well, how old is he now? Thirty-nine. Yeah, you, I mean that—that's a bunch, bunch of years on those bones, man. I have a question for you. Do you think the ownership of Pittsburgh is doing a disservice by not letting him do that? You know, just that final lap. Farewell tour. Yeah, the farewell tour. I uh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, that, that's a tough question. I mean. You know, as owners, what do you, what do you do on on something like this? I mean, it's kind of not uncharted territory, but it, it, it's you know, it's it's touchy. I think if we remember back when Heinz Ward was leaving, I think they kind of did that with him. You know, I, I think yeah. that uh, franchise they they really pump up their heroes, the guys who brought them championships. So it's kind of weird to see if Big Ben has already let it be known he's going to be leaving. Well, he on the one year deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And again, we're only three seasons removed from over 5,000 passing yards and 450 completions and career highs and touchdowns. Like, he was right there just a minute ago. 
But the amount of life that has happened over the last three years for, you know, a lot of individuals, he don't seem like he got it on the field the way he used to. Well, me and Big Ben are the same age, and I get hurt getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I'm no I'm no professional athlete. I, did I, my I know what it's like to be 40. I did my knee at the Y. We're not all Tom <laughs> like, Brady. Hey, I, I tell you what, if, if Big Ben, I mean, we talked about this before, like everyone in the NFL should, but specifically for this example, if Big Ben got on Tom Brady's TB12 avocado and cashew diet and started exercising and wore Uggs every day, he might like find that fountain of youth and have like a resurgence. No, his body would reject it and he'd get sick. <laughs> yeah, he just he's, <laughs> that's what would happen <laughs> if he's not having nachos and beer. Like his body yeah. just shuts down. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Who's the, oh, Brian. Uh, yeah, that's our take. That's where we're at. Whereas, um, no, no, and, yeah, and I agree with you guys a hundred percent. No, and, and well, now that you asked me that, that brings up another question. You know, it, sports is tough. I mean, you know, and, it, and it's driven by by youth. It really is. Uh, it makes me think of uh, Chicago and Brian Erlacher, how his last year was spent there. And so, like I said, that's why I say it's a touchy subject. I, I felt like Chicago really didn't, didn't give Erlacher the accolades and the respect that he deserved for all he did for them as well. So, you know, what is, what is, well, and it's what we're expected to do. Brian, you're I right. Brian, and, and I imagine you're a friend of the show and you listen regularly, and you know I'm from St. Yeah. Louis, Missouri, right? So right. in Ozzie Smith's final year with the Cardinals, they would take him on every series, and he would play one of three. So he would play shortstop uh, one out of every stand, and then Royce Clayton would play shortstop the other games. And every game that Ozzie was at on the road would sell out. You know, people would go crazy. And then, unfortunately for Royce Clayton, every time he would take the field, he'd get booed out of the Ooh, building. Yeah, they didn't want to see him. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's like, how do you find that perfect recipe? And, again, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Isaac Bruce played his final season in San Francisco. And he would go into his final game he ever played was actually in St. Louis, but for the 49ers. And when he would come, you would just hear, Bruce. Yeah. So, I mean, there's ways to do it. But it's, I mean, there's no way to win at it unless you're Derek Jeter and your last hit in Yankee Stadium was a walk off in extra innings to, yeah, yeah then. Or I like mean, Kobe, you know, 60 yeah. on the way out. Yeah. Michael's final game with the Washington Wizards, he scored 31. You know, it's, Jeez. I mean, a couple of the guys can do it the right way, but it's so hard as an organization. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for taking my call. Great show. Oh, thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Friend of the show, Brian, joining us. We get we don't often get like the newest like phone call. We don't often get someone taking advantage of the Quans Auto Care Hotline. Specifically not when there's three of us here. Like it's usually a little more lax, but the texter goes crazy. And like not everyone is registered on the texter. So I don't know who they are, but but yeah, a lot of stuff here, like uh we missed a bunch of them. Uh Jeff Hardy was released today by WWE, so obviously we have a bunch of WWE listeners out there. Van, did you see this story? That was crazy. The Jeff Hardy? Yeah. Yeah, was, that was weird. You were telling me about it this morning because, as you all know, Albuquerque, we start our days at the YMCA. Not just a saying. We really do that. We literally do that. As soon as we can get Robert in. I'm uh, in there. Hop on the trolley, kid. Come on. Put, pay the nickel. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff Hardy at a house show, tags out, rolls out the ring. Literally tagged out. Yeah. Jumps the barricade, leaves through the crowd. Takes off. Takes off. In WWE, if you know... Like, they help you out. 
Like you got like you got some stuff going on in your life. You got like some mental health stuff. WWE will put some dollars on it for you. And Jeff was like, I think I'll just figure this one out on my own. Well, yeah, they offered him help, and he once again, this isn't the first time. This is one of many that he turned it down. From the texture, that comedian is real funny. <laughs> I'm working my way up, boys. He'll know my name next week. Soon you'll be Robert. Yeah. It's in the intro. <laughs> That's too much of a laugh. The The 6 o'clock hour is a fun hour for us because we're catching a lot of new ears, and we want to make sure you know where we are. This upcoming weekend, I will be broadcasting – for the New Mexico Highlands in Highlands Saturday night. Van and I and Robert, I don't know if you're coming. We'll be at Bourbon and Boots. Oh, I'm coming. This will be my Okay. This will be my first one. So we're at Bourbon and Boots this Sunday. We'll be there for the Raiders game. And then oh, speaking of, I know you say Paul's on the line, Vital, friend of the show, Paul. Yeah, he's uh Paul, uh Come join us Sunday for the Raiders Den at Berman and Boots. Paul, what's oh, going Lord, on? Oh, Lord, stop, stop. No, <laughs> this is awful. No. I'm a diehard. Oh, my God. We're getting trounced probably about two touchdowns, I'm thinking. Let me just break it down to you. This is probably it, – it's time for Derek Carr to go. Oh. We have to get rid of him. Yeah, I, I just don't want to hear it. Oh, he's the number one passer in the league or this and that. It's done. It's this is what we're this is what we're going to become. We are nobody. We're going to be a laughing stock for the rest of our lives. We need to pitch towards Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. Let's do it. I talked to the earlier crew about this. It just it's not going to happen with Derek. It's not. I mean, you look at the you look at what he does for us. He's going to look great against Dallas. Following week. Look what he does against Washington. Granted, Washington does have the, what, top-rated defensive football. doesn't matter. You put 15 points up against that. I'm over it. I've had enough. I grew up in that arena. I grew up in the Oakland Coliseum. This is, I mean, that's my life. And for, for Derek Carr just to, and for everyone just to love this guy and think he's this Messiah, I'm over it. Enough's enough. We need to move on, and uh, if there's a possibility to get Aaron, hey, uh, you, you know what, Paul? I, hey, I'm on Team Aaron Rodgers on this one. I've I've publicly please stated, do it. I'm please. I, I have publicly stated on the show if they trade Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders, I am a Raiders fan until he retires. <laughs> no, uh, you guys know that I'm a Chargers fan. No, no, I don't want I to hear want, any no. I want God, Derek Carr. It's over. I want Derek Carr. He cannot Carr be a Raider to, anymore. I want him to be a Raider as long as Rivers was a Charger. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be there forever. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? Let's make him an Andy Dalton type of guy. God, get him out. Hey, what they Dude, need enough is, is enough. They need the kid from Nevada, the Carson Strong kid. Like, forget, just dra- well, no, <laughs> drop oh, the Nevada on. kid. A, he can play in Vegas. You might, you might as well give me a Fresno State kid, please. At least I, I think the strong kid's from Vacaville, California, and that's, like, right down the street from Fresno, so that's the best yeah. of all worlds. Wait a minute. Yeah. Isn't there please, another car sibling stop. coming up? Put another car in there. Oh, yeah, we already had Daniel no. or Derek or yeah. Drew. Who else is there? Let's get them all. Let's keep all the cars there. No, <laughs> no. How about we just get Derek completely – I mean, I'm on my way to Twin Peaks to have a great time. I don't want to hear about Derek Carr <laughs> in anywhere. I mean, come on, man. Are you there uh, already, no, no. or you're on your way? No, no. 
Parking... No, no, my, my boy John Fraser will kill me if I he understands <laughs> how many lot. booters are going to hear. But <laughs> but anyway, anyway, let me let me just say right now, this is absolutely ridiculous. The running game sucks. Everything sucks. I don't want to hear about oh Derek's his offensive line is horrible or his running game is horrible. Look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing with third stringers and practice squad players. Does this not show you? Hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But that's Aaron Rodgers, yeah. though. He put he put three hundred pages into studying the playbook. Oh wait, that was COVID nineteen. I know. I was. I, I'm a USC. I'm a USC guy. He tortured us. I know that, man. I mean, if he was Aaron Carr, though, but that would be a whole different quarterback. Yeah. God, I, God, I've had enough. Please do not make me go into this find a establishment with these beautiful ladies thinking that, God, well, look, this is all we have to look forward to. Uh, congr- this is awful. Congratulations to Paul on his brand-new Carson Strong jersey that he'll be getting <laughs> in April of 2022 to celebrate the new quarterback. God, Car- oh, uh, you guys are killing me, Small, so you're killing me. Paul, Jesus Christ. Paul, you, is, you enjoy yeah. your evening, and you tell everyone at Twin Peaks that Robert says hi. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to tell them all right now. All right, love you, Robert. Take care. <laughs> Go to break. We're two men on power. Or excuse me. Twin Peaks threw me off. Dave, yeah, and Bu- <laughs> Dave and Buster's presents two men on, and we're, what are we on? Twin Peaks. Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start the day at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610. D, Sports Animal. Back on the program. We're laughing a lot. We're playing a lot. Thank you to everyone taking advantage of the Quan's Auto Care hotline. Thank you to everyone taking advantage of the text line. Paul was a hoot. <laughs> but, like, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I might head to Twin Peaks after this to hang out with Paul. I'm, I'm going to walk in and say, I'm on Paul's tab. Yeah. It's not even 630. <laughs> that call was everything. Hey, but Paul had been mad about the Raiders for days. No, years. Yes. That was years of built-up frustration. Oh, and you know how high he was at the beginning of this year when the Raiders looked so good. And oh, yeah. Beating everyone they weren't supposed to. Yeah. Wearing, wearing his Plunkett jersey. That's week one pre-Gruden, pre-Rugs, pre- Oh, my what's, God. What's Homeboy that was on Snapchat with the guns? And- oh, I don't even remember his name, but yeah, him. <laughs> They had a nice little run, didn't they? The Raiders just don't stop being the Raiders, do they? Ever. And that sucks because I like them so much. They're my number two team. Like, I root for the Raiders. Like, I want the Raiders to be successful. I'm similar. I root for Paul. So I want the Raiders to be successful so that, like, Paul's, like, dog doesn't have to live in fear. That's like my number 29 team. (laughs) (laughs) Ravens travel to Cleveland this weekend to take on the Browns. You guys want to go straight up or you want the spread? Straight up. Straight up. Okay. Uh, well, I got the Ravens on the road. Huh. Oh, well, you're about to tell me this is going to be a big Nick Chubb game and it's going to be in the mix? Well, but- only only because this is a divisional game. You never know. I, w- I love to go with the home team in division games. Five and one career against the Browns is Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar's had a couple rough weeks. I think he's going to watch a ton of tape. The Browns are kind of banged up on the defensive side. Favorite at home. I just see, man, I just see Lamar doing what he needs to do. I don't see Lamar playing that bad that many weeks in a row. 
you saw how banged up the Ravens were against the Steelers. They're even more banged up, and Cleveland's had a week or so to figure out the Ravens uh, they should win. See? Vital's got Cleveland I, at home. I was going to say I'm going to do a mic and pick the Browns. Okay. We're done. I, I got I got Lamar. Same. Headley. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans favored by eight and a half. Well, I say take the Jaguars with the points, but also I say take the Jaguars straight up because they cannot be stopped. <laughs> uh, this is a trap game for the Titans. They've had some trap games. They got This is a total trap game for the Titans. They're banged up. The Jaguars are hungry to catch another W. Jaguars are due to put a complete game together and not embarrass the state of Florida. So I'm still picking the Titans. Okay. <laughs> I'm like Paul is to car. Paul is to car what I am to Tannehill. I do not like Tannehill. Nice. I'm picking Jacksonville. How many points do you have the Titans winning by Michael? Um, I'd say it's a seven-point game. Okay. If I saw like a, like a mid-30s to mid-teens Jacksonville win, I wouldn't even be surprised, not at all, not for one second. We will be live at Bourbon and Boots on Sunday as the Raiders travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by two scores at home with a 10-point spread. I don't think Ruggs is coming back for this one, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs at home. <laughs> I think this is a no-brainer, right? I'll be rooting for the Raiders, I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. I'll have on my silver and black. We'll be down at Bourbon and Boots having a good time. That's how I feel. Yelling at rectangles and – uh but, yeah, Chiefs are playing well. Their defense is playing really well. Chiefs defense was an embarrassment in the beginning of the season. Chiefs defense made every quarterback look like Patrick Mahomes. But they're playing like a cohesive unit now, so Chiefs do what they need to do to take a dub. Well, I have my Chargers jersey on right now. So I need the Raiders to play like they used to play. When I say used to, I don't mean this season. I mean like in the 80s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Flores Raiders. I need for them to play that way. Um, everyone's everyone's the, this whole Chiefs things. Nobody's really looking at the way Mahomes is playing. He's not good anymore. He may be the worst quarterback. Touchdown in two games. Oh, he, he but may he'll be, be back. He's he may be like the third best quarterback in the division right now, which is crazy to say. He's a six ranked quarterback right now. In the whole seat, in, in the, the whole league, in the division, six in the division. Well, Marcus Mariota, he's, <laughs> he's six in the whole league. I think teams have had time to figure him out over the last couple of years. I agree with Michael. Oh, I hate yeah. that sentence. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Raiders on this one. Good luck, Michael. How many points do you have the Chiefs by? Uh, have them winning by ten. Yeah, that's and the, uh, the Raiders. Who are they? Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's a good question. Vikings West. The Atlanta Falcons will go to Carolina where they will play against the Panthers led by Cam Newton. <laughs> Why you just immediately start laughing? That's just funny. <laughs> I'm back <laughs> to losing. <laughs> Panthers favored by two and a half at home, uh, even though Cam Newton is on their team. Uh, I take the Panthers to lose, but if you're doing prop bets, take Cam Newton for the over on rushing yards because he's afraid to throw it. I got you on that one. Yep, Atlanta's going to win this one. I don't care where it's being played. No Christian McCaffrey. I can't trust the Panthers. I don't care how well their defense plays. Atlanta does enough to win. Also yeah. like the under in this one. I'm picking Atlanta with four Cam Newton interceptions and two completions. 
more interceptions and completions. <laughs> I like it. The Carolina Panthers, right, Mike? I can already, hear, I can feel you about to say it. No, the Falcons are okay. much better on defense, and I like the last four games they've lost by a possession or or two, and uh, I like ATL. This is your first favorite on the road yet. Cowboys at the Washington football team. Cowboys favored by four and a half. I think that is not enough. I think the Cowboys are going to run away with this one. I agree. I uh, I think this is going to an easy bet. And if I have time to swing by a bookie, uh, this is one of the bets that I will take. I think the Cowboys easily do what they need to do over the football team. I got to disagree, fellas. Uh-oh. Okay. Heineke. The man. I, I Look, he's my s- third favorite quarterback. Okay. That was very specific. Yeah. He he's He's my third favorite. He's a little bit behind Minshew for me. I like him. I like the win streak that they're on as well. And they're at home. Let me tell you about the Cowboys schedule over the last month because Jerry Jones has a deal with the NFL. Mm-hmm. They they play on Sunday. They they are excuse me. They play on Thursday. They play on the next Thursday. They get ten days off. They're going to play now on a Sunday. Like his team is as set as his team can be. They had a bye week before that other Thursday. Like I'm telling you, this one has been gamed for the Dallas Cowboys. I agree completely. Michael Vital, I'm certain you have the Cowboys losing knowing you. I have the Cowboys winning because I think they got healthy on defense. Tank Lawrence is back. They got a couple of other players coming back. And uh, they caused turnovers, and I just think Heineke won't be able to get too much on that uh, defense. By the way, Washington can't run the ball. Who is Tank Lawrence? What is this hot take? He's one of their uh, defensive end. He came back. DeMarcus? Okay, doesn't matter. DeMarcus, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter then, defense. You think I just found somebody on the street, named him Tank? <laughs> you'll never, you'll never believe this new guy we got. Yeah, I do. I believe that a receptionist was like, "Look at this name that just came across my desk." <laughs> it like called on like a rotary phone to Jerry Jones. Mm. You won't believe it. Swung it around in the air. Seahawks at Texans. Oh my god. Oh, oh my gosh. I just, uh. I don't trust Russell Wilson, but I know what the Texans are. I'm going to say that the Seahawks should win by two or three scores, and they're going to win by one. Seahawks on the road. God, who are these Seahawks this year? This is sad to watch. I had them making the playoffs in my preseason prediction, but luckily they get to play the Texans, so I'll take the Seahawks reluctantly. I will never pick a team that has Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. So I'm reluctantly going to go with the Seahawks. Okay. Yeah, that's a mess up there in Seattle. Carroll will be gone, and at the end of the year, Wilson will be gone. So I think the Texans will put it on him. So you think think that Wilson is playing for his New York Giants contract? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to go to bigger lights. He's pulling the Zion Williamson, I think. Have you guys spent any time in Seattle? Am I the only one? No, I've been there. I've been there, been there, but in passing, not not yeah. there. There, it's creepy. It's like it's like a creepy city. It's not cool. It's not a cool place. <laughs> it's sad. That's not what I thought he was going to say. I thought he's going to the overcast and the rain. What about it? The people, because the Birkenstocks and the granola. And oh, the, yeah. it's a different culture. Okay, Flannel. You, you hate but, hippies. Oh my God! Yeah, we well we've been down this road. <laughs> yeah, you. We know you yeah. hate hippies. That's no secret. Seattle's a beautiful town. No. No, no. It's no. modern and new, and it has beautiful, fun things to do. All their cars it's are clean. Oh, it's they have rusty 
um, light poles and benches because none of that's true. Hundred percent humidity there none all of, the none time. None of that's true. <laughs> the weather sucks. Yes. Overcast every day sucks. Did you say weather or people? I said weather. <laughs> yeah, the people do suck. Seattle is rough. Every, the, all the best people I know from Seattle left Seattle. <laughs> I couldn't be there. No, I couldn't be there just because of the weather. Hey, with this mustache and my Prius, I slide right in. Oh yeah, you're. you're I slide right. You're a in. VIP. You're, you're a know, VIP in <laughs> Seattle. I think I'm a lifer. Best city in North America is north of Seattle. It's it's uh, Vancouver. Okay, there's... see Vancouver, BC is nice. It's very nice. They got a cool. It's got a cool shoreline. You can take a boat to places. If you showed up in Seattle, they would ask you which ward you're running as representative of. <laughs> that would be the first question they ask. And say, how long you been here? I'll be like, two. If you show up and be like, decades? <laughs> it's like, no, two hours. I just landed. You would walk into Seattle and you'd be like, hey, guys, whatever coffee shop, it's obviously Seattle's best. And you say, hey, I really appreciated Hillary Clinton reading her acceptance speech the other day on Masterclass. I just thought it was a really cool move. No. You'd, you'd be the well, first off, yeah. I wouldn't be in Starbucks or Seattle's best because I don't. I don't support that corporate lifestyle, man. Look, he fits I'll, right in. I only, Look at I only that. support local. <laughs> they, Starbucks stole what Seattle <laughs> did for coffee and corporatized it, man. Hey, dude, move on to Portland, all right, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you mean you don't give a 10% discount for a picture of my cat? Like, that's Seattle. My I'll, cat lives on the refrigerator, man, on top. I'll tweet 10 friends about this place right now, good or bad, you call it. Like, that's you in Seattle. Okay, first off, no, no, never. When One what, thing I noticed about Seattle, even before Washington legalized weed, there's just open marijuana. Smoke all the time. Yeah. Everywhere. The whole city smells like a, like a little mix of weed and patchouli and body odor. Oh, man. And coffee, of course, because there's coffee shops on every corner. So well, you got the lettuce and the tea tree going together in Seattle. Coffee shops on every corner and uh, home-free colonies on every on-ramp. We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. So after they found out I left it in the kitchen, that's when I knew it wasn't safe to return. Told you not to put your name on it. Why does it smell like balls? Basketballs. We were at a court, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not that unique. That was the bit, Robert. We would do that bit. That would frustrate me. <laughs> I swear it would. We never got the Nielsen's. I have no idea. The Saints go to New York to play one of the football teams. They picked the one in green. They are favored on the road. Uh, Taysom Hill has all but solidified his NFL MVP this season, and he's just going to continue to pad his numbers uh, with Alvin Kamara being back in the game. Look for him to catch 45 passes. Taysom Hill is averaging a pick a quarter. <laughs> That's still enough to beat the Jets. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Good. He's going to do great. And if uh, listen out there, loyal listener, if you do daily fantasy – Every daily fantasy lineup you have, put in Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Because Alvin Kamara is 100% healthy, and every other running back on that team has COVID. He's the only healthy running back. Alvin Kamara is going to have 30 carries and 15 catches in this game, and he's going to single-handedly demolish the Jets. I'm with you. There's, there's nothing to even talk about. This is a game that I would hate to have to watch. Uh, so, with that being said, I'm, I'm taking the Saints. 
in spite of Taysom Hill. I, I need you to refer to him as Sir. <laughs> sir Taysom Hill. Mike Vitale, I'm sure you have the Jets at home. Tell me all about how they're going to win 21-17. Well, and Zach you, Wilson's going to come through. He's still my thunder. I, both teams are a train wreck, <laughs> and because both teams are a train wreck, I'll go with the younger and a team with uh, Robert Salah, the new head coach. I like him. They play with a little fire on defense, Jets. Okay. Okay. Vital says the Meadowlands matter. And, of course, I'm Italian, so I go for the New York team. Oh, okay. Of course. All lands matter. <laughs> Bills at Buccaneers. This is uh, the beginning of the afternoon games. A lot of people will say, hey, this is the one where Buffalo is going to bounce back after that weird stuff, and, and they're going to be the team. I tell you what, that's wrong. Buccaneers at home and buy a lot. Yeah, I think Buc- uh, the Bucks are better on both sides of the ball right now. They're playing like a cohesive unit on their way to the playoffs. The Bills are like my disappointment of this football season. Agreed. Like, yep. Josh Allen, his accuracy has just fell off a cliff. If he's not doing like a dump off or a slant or a screen, good luck throwing the ball over the middle with Josh Allen. Maybe he finds his way back. Maybe the Bills turn into the team that they were at the beginning of the year and the end of last year. But I got the Bucks winning this one. Same. I have Brady winning four touchdowns. Buffalo's offense will look like it did on Monday night, but it won't be because of the weather. It'll be because of the Buccaneers defense. If your boy Tom gets four touchdowns, that will be the seventh time this season. Wow. Maybe six, if I'm not exactly right. He's your NFL MVP. Sounds like MVP to me. Yep. He's the favorite for the MVP. Michael, what are you thinking? Bucks uh, run game is starting to uh, roll, and their defense is improving every week. I like Tampa Bay. Daily Fantasy guys, pick up Cole Beasley. Trust me on that one. I think he's going to run, just like Van said, underneath all that weird zone coverage that they have there in Tampa, and he's going to catch a bunch of them and get tackled real fast. Lions at Broncos. Oh, man, <laughs> if, uh, if you're watching this, tell me what other things you do so I can identify your self-harm. I'm going with an overtime tie. What do you got, Van? A triple overtime tie. Nice. Robert? You're adding extra quarters <laughs> so more ice will melt and more paint will dry <sighs> while you're watching this snoozer of a football game. No way, man. Give me the Broncos by four touchdowns because they will be in an emotional high due to the death of Demarius Thomas. Oh. There you go. That's what's going to happen. Broncos need a win a game and stay in the wild card chase. I like Denver, but uh, it'll be a close game. In real life, it's Denver, and it should be easy. But the Lions just got their first W last week, and they got that taste. They got that taste in their mouth. Yeah. This is in Denver, right? Yeah, it's in Denver. Oh, yeah, they're getting smoked. Yeah, and when Denver (laughs) is favored by 10 points at home. The the thing I want to point out, and I didn't realize – um, how physically it would upset me as it was upsetting me. Well, I'm telling you, I was like curled over, sick to my stomach mad with how upset I was to see Dan Campbell happy. Watching him celebrate with the Lions <laughs> to me was as cringeworthy as anything I had ever seen, and my body reacted to it the similar way it would react to seeing a very bad car accident. You prefer a crying Dan Campbell. Yes. Yes, that's what, the, what I'm about. I want his suffering to me feels like balance. Well, I like him upset. That's the one I like. Yeah, me too. I, I like him like almost sounding and looking half drunk like Nick Nolte with darker hair. That's nice. that's what I like yeah, him to be. Very good answer. That's what I like him to be. Michael, you obviously have Denver at home. 
Yeah, Denver's playing good on defense. All right, here you go, Robert. You can lead on this one. The Giants travel to Los Angeles to play the Superchargers. We finally get a game where we'll blow someone out and it'll stay a blowout. The Giants are on, what, their third-string quarterback? Keenan Allen's out. Who cares? We're winning. Double digits. Mike Williams also a maybe. He's in. Okay. He just he he tested negative for like the second or third day in a row. So I I also I got the Chargers. This is a game that I would bet on. Chargers at home. I think the Chargers with the points. They're just going to demolish New York. Vital, who is Jake from, and why are you going to pick the Giants? I am not going to pick the Giants because they're a mess, and I like the Chargers' chances of winning this game and getting closer to a playoff berth. You talking Jake from Jake, State Farm? Jake from is their quarterback. <laughs> damn it, Jake from isn't that the one who his name is really from, but it has extra M's? Yeah, it's got extra M's. <laughs> it's got an H and an M. Yeah. He's the one who played with Todd Gurley at Georgia. And they're, yeah. like, they're like, you're really good. And they're like, no, you were just a freshman when Todd Gurley was a senior. He but- looks like every Georgia quarterback, dark hair. Yeah. Yeah. No. The person who wrote down <laughs> Jake Fromm's birth certificate just, like, fell asleep <laughs> and just started adding extra M's to the end of it. Oh, okay, hot take. <laughs> Vital, who do you got? Uh, like I said, the Chargers. Oh, the I'm sorry I missed that. No, it's okay. I was thinking about Van doing a crash test. Test dummies impersonation <laughs> of mm-hmm. That's a deep cut right I got there. You. That was nice. Well, I was very emotional in the 90s. 49ers go to Cincinnati. Uh, I will take the Bengals at home, even though the 49ers are favored on the road. I want to really like Joe Burrow, but he's not playing well enough for me to do that. I like the Bengals in this one. 49ers, they're, they're – slightly better version of the Vikings. You don't know who they are from week to week. Uh, I like the Bengals. Same with me. I'm going Cincy. I don't see them losing twice in a row at home. Uh, 49ers lost a tough one in Philly on the road. I think they'll bounce back and win in Cincinnati. Wrapping up Sunday, the Bears are at the Packers. We will skip Van and Vital. Robert, who do you got? Packers by 175 touchdowns. They own the Bears. I don't even know why they play this still. Aaron Rodgers has famously <laughs> said that he owns the Bears. I also have the Packers at home. How will you and Vital celebrate, Van? <laughs> I don't even think I need to watch this one. I'm just going to put it in as a W right now. Yeah. It'll be closer than you think. However, the nah, Packers fam. will win. They got that run game going. <laughs> M- Not the nah fam. Nah, nah fam. <laughs> It's gonna, they're going to demolish them. Yeah. You see how bad they did them in Chicago? Now they're at home yeah, and healthier than they were when they are in Chicago. Rock. Is the rookie quarterback playing? Yeah, Fields will be Fields playing. Plan? He's still oh. got crack ribs. I take that back. 275 <laughs> touchdowns. I think you're right. Well, two, two rookie quarterbacks will be playing because the Packers are going to be up 40 and Jordan Love's going to play the fourth oh, quarter. Not a rookie. Wow. We'll do Monday night on Monday, and that will be Robert and Van as I am on assignment. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, 95.9 FM, AM 6. All right, we're back live from the program. We had at or near the best program we've ever had, and I think that's undeniable. 
Big thank you to a couple individuals before we get to the I-9 varsity, which I don't think we announced on air, but in uh, to pay homage to Al Unser, we're going to do the the varsity of cars, okay? Thank you to Bob Brown who joined us. He uh, he just he gave just a ringing segment to, oh, yeah. to Al Unser. He just uh, paid him the respect that was due. So Very thorough. So very much thank you to him. Thank you to Desmond Carpenter who joined us, the guard from New Mexico Highlands University Cowboys. Uh, they got a big game this weekend against Regis. I will be calling that. We're excited for it. John Lopez was not able to join us today. He um, He had an emergency come up, but... He'll be with us next week. Speaking of next week, you can join your boys on Sunday. We are live from Bourbon and Boots for the Raiders Watch Party. That's going to be a lot of fun. You and Van Robert are here on Monday till 5.30. That will be a good program without me. I am on assignment. Then on Tuesday, we're live from the YMCA of Central New Mexico. That's the location of Indian School in San Mateo. Come see us if you'd like to see us, 4 to 7. We're going to do sign-ups, and we have some opportunities there for the friend of the show. On Wednesday, we are live from Revel. We are there from six or 4 to 6 before the coaches program, which is 6 to 7, where Rob Portnoy and Coach Gonzalez will take over. It's like this draft day. kind. Of, it's a cool little experience. You are at Revel on Wednesday as well. Yes. What is going on at Revel with you? I will be hosting the comedy roast battles. When does that start? That will be at, it begins at 7 p.m. Okay. So immediately after we get out of the show, Van and I will step over and hang out with you at the comedy club next to the sports bar there at Revel. And then on Friday, we are live from the New Mexico Bowl um, pep rally. And that pep rally is, of course, at the Old Town Plaza. And we're very excited with that. We had a uh, very fun conversation today with Noisy Water Winery, and that's where we are going to be located at the northwest corner. So come out and see us. We're going to do some giveaways, be a part of the New Mexico Bowl experience. So your boys are out in the community a lot next week. Robert, do you have anything else going on? Um, On the 22nd, we have, and you guys will be judges, instead of two separate votes, one vote. Thank you. That's how we roll. Two men on will have one vote, ah. and you guys are will be a part of the comedy gong show. Have you ever had to count .5 votes? Because Never. All right, get ready for that. I just want to see if one of you will like a comedian that the other one doesn't and wants to gong them. What? We're going to do that every time. Every oh, time. yes. This Literally is going to be every, great. Yeah, we, what, no matter if it's true or not, we're just going to go for it's it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I believe I will ask for a dead or alive joke from every comedian, and if they can hit, they yeah. will not receive the gong. And if they cannot hit, then I will, as um, as I've claimed so famously, I will gong away. This will be very judge interactive, so this will be a fun time. Yes. Um, just if there's any spoilers out there for friends of the show that are currently listening or comedians that might be performing, jokes directed at Van carry extra weight with me. That's true. <laughs> so I just I need that. But but what they don't know is you guys will have a mic, so Van will have the chance to rebuttal. Oh, gosh. Ooh. I'll bring that fire. I, I feel like you would. Watch out. I feel like you would. Today's I-9 Varsity, the I-9 Varsity of Cars. I-9, connect with them at League Office 280 and i9sports.com. Or call the office, 505-312-4999. Well, I-9 Sports, if you're not a part of it. How old's your daughter, Robert? She is three. She'll be four on January Get her into I-9 Sports. She can get into any flag football or basketball, or they have cheer. She's in more into that kind of world. They they have everything. That's awesome. Yeah, so she's at the perfect age to learn the fundamentals so soccer league starts tomorrow, girls ages, our boys and girls ages three to six. And, um, I mean, it's the spot to be. So you're going to interact with good coaches and good personnel. All right, today's I-9 varsity, the varsity of cars. Are you fellas ready? Ready. So do you want me to go first or do you want me to go last? 
Kick it off. Oscar Mayer wiener car. So that thing is B.A. Do you see it rolling down? The, it's un, You can't miss diagnose. You know what that is. Also, phallically speaking, near the top, I'm going Oscar Mayer wiener car. Okay. <laughs> you always know what it is from the side. Yes. You don't necessarily know what it is when it's coming straight on at you. Yeah, there's a lot of words you could have picked. Yes. Uh-huh. He did that on purpose, I believe. <laughs> if you asked me to draw the Oscar Minor Wiener car from the front, it would be like asking me to draw Bart Simpson from the front, and I wouldn't know how to do it. Robert. Mine would be the first car that I fell in love with as a kid. General Lee. No. <laughs> that was coming later, though. <laughs> you took, took my Oh, my bad. Oh, so sorry. The very first one was the 1977 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, Ooh. that was a good one. Strong. Oh, yeah, that's strong, strong work. Burt Reynolds, that was the coldest car when I was a kid. Big old Firebird on the hook on the on the hood of it. That is super sweet. Yes. I'll stay with the Hollywood theme here and do Eleanor. Yeah, good gone, answer. Gone in 60 seconds. You picked Ooh. the worst movie of all time and the worst car of all time. Ford Shelby GT500 Mustang. That's a that's a blazing car, man. I don't even know Pretty if it's real. I don't even know if it's and a real car. That's the best thing about that movie. <laughs> and I can't. It's literally the best. Except for that one part where Nick Cage does the hand thing. Oh, the, yeah, the Let's hands. Yeah. Let's roll. When I was a kid, McDonald's brought in a car that kind of looked like the Batmobile, but it was shaped like a big old Ronald McDonald shoe. And I don't know if it was just like kind of a weird one-off thing I saw one time or if it's a thing that made its way around the country. But the big-ass Ronald McDonald shoe car with uh, the little open tops like the Batmobile, I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah, your list is is out there already. <laughs> all right, Robert's picking uh, your Trump truck with all the flags <laughs> on it. Mine is... Pontiac Trans Am from 82 to 84, none other than Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm, yes. Strong work. That's a super good one. I see I see where you're going with this. Yes. And I might derail you a little bit here. Okay. Because my next one is the DeLorean DMC-12. Yeah, good pick. Specifically one that can go back to the future. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the documentary on uh, DeLorean? the creator of the DeLorean? It is bonkers. Oh, my gosh. Had a cool life. One of my top five documentaries. In my, I think it's a documentary about two childhood friends traveling across the country in an effort to fulfill um, kind of like Wonderlust. But in that documentary, they drive a van that looks just like a dog because it is in this movie Dumb and Dumber, and it's the weirdest carpeted outside van-looking dog of all time. And I just think it's kind of a cool car. I didn't realize we were at the end of the show. Oh, me neither. I, I, I was like, I should have wrapped earlier. <laughs> I take mine back. School bus. All right. <laughs> you got one more? Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, the van from 18. I got Applejack Green 1976 Mini 1000 MK2, also known as Mr. Bean's car. Oh, <laughs> good one. Vital picked the little red and yellow uh, play school car that you get when you're three years old. Good pick, Vital. I really like it. Thank you very much. Robert, anything? Yeah, the General Lee before I knew what racism was. Van, any final words? <laughs> Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you on Monday, Burke. <laughs>